0: hello and thank you for listening to the podcast we appreciate it and we appreciate a lot of help from a lot of people uh, all throughout this journey so we've got a couple of shout outs we're going to make here the first shout out being to beck sutton the graphics designer who is designing our logo uh, she is the creator and owner of primal studios which can be found on facebook or if you go to primalst.com, you you'll be able to find her work there and she is fantastic at what she does
1: Yeah. And the second shout out we'd like to make is to Andrew Stanton, composer of uh, the song Escape the Oppression, which is the kick ass song for our intro. We love the song. We love the dude. You can check out more of his stuff on uh, Soundstripe.com, where there's plenty of songs by plenty of other artists as well, uh, where you can license for podcasts. So go check it out and uh, see what's on there and see what you can use. Stay
0: frosted. most phenomenal ass that I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> did you hit record as you said that as well because
1: usually it does like a little blinky yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I wasn't intending for that to come out exactly the same time <laughs> but it did um but before we properly do it then I just want to know when you say you've got a lot to say I imagine there's a lot of positive yeah for the most yeah. part Ooh. yeah You're
1: mm. in my tank no, nah, there's nothing there's nothing controversial though. It's, it's it's all mostly positive, it's just some is more positive than others.
0: That reminds me, I've got to work you fucking cunt of a pen. I've also got to offer a retraction of the statement I made on the first part of the anthology. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, Jake was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we like to be factual, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As factual as possible. (laughs) Actually, not quite.
0: (laughs) Well, we try to... I like to think we try and be professional and uh, sort of factual about the stuff. Like, we never go off and make up our own quotes for things, like, you know, the Tommy York stuff from the last one. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Looking in the eyes of the fucking devil. (laughs) (laughs) Right. To do this hello and welcome to the songs that made us the podcast that it likes to say i am made gods this <laughs> is part two of the anthology this is the well this is the part where we get bruce dickinson we get Nico mcbrain we end <laughs> up with the iconic lineup And uh, to lay it out properly, so far, if you've listened to the first part of the anthology, you've heard us uh, do Iron Maiden debut album, you've heard us do Killers, uh, the Paul Diano era, I think we've labelled it as. Yeah. Now, the second part, we're going to be looking at three albums, uh, The Number of the Beast, which is sort of like, you know, their most well-known work, basically, and the one that shot them from a very good band with a massive sort of following, two superstars yep Um, and the start of bruce Bruce boy brucey brucey (laughs) um peace of mind and uh power slave and that'll be the three albums we do this time
1: yeah it's
0: a big big error and just to lay it out lay it out on front street the next part we're only going to do two albums uh which be somewhere in time and uh seven 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 sons and uh, just because it's awkward trying to break these things down into eras, because you could go somewhere in time all the way through to Fear of the Dark, but that'd be too much. Yeah. Um, plus, there's a significant sound shift in that. But obviously, with me is my my best friend.
1: Oh, well, you are. Aww. Oh, would you look at that? You know, no uh, extra little comments, neither good nor bad, just genuine, upfront best friend. Look at that. Well, that's, well, that's I, lovely.
0: You'd love I'll, to see it. I've been doing that for the most part in intros of the past sort of few recordings, really. I've that's not... true, actually. That's true. I think you've ran out of bad
1: things to say about me, and I oh. know that's not true.
0: Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> not true. Um, now I do also have to amend a statement I made on part one of the
1: anthology. Wait, so... no, I, need to, I need to get comfortable because you've really got to savor moments where Jake admits he's wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it doesn't happen too much, does it really? I mean, let's face it, I'm usually pretty pretty spot on. <laughs> um, but it's only, it's only literally a very small thing. Um, so on the first part, we talked about the Soundhouse Tapes, which is the first EP that Iron Maiden never did. Yeah. And it had Iron Maiden, Prowler. Uh, I also had a song called Invasion, which I said at the time never made it onto any of the albums. Mm. Which technically is true but invasion became invaders which is the very first song of number the beast right right i see yes so it so it got reworked and everything
1: i love how your apology for being wrong was actually you going well i wasn't fully wrong okay everyone shut up i was just a little bit
0: wrong <laughs> well bear in mind it was just something that niggled me because i was the only one that spotted it <laughs> yeah but but i'd much rather put it out there um but before we before we dive deep into the maiden yeah a couple of episodes ago and sort of throughout throughout all the episodes really i had a question that had been in the back of my mind which sort of fully crystallized into the question i wanted wanted it to me mm-hmm. and here it is can you think of any rock song about prostitutes that is bad
1: can i think of any rock song about prostitutes that is bad Mm. huh it's a weird
0: question but it is (laughs) so the the reason i was thinking about it is obviously i've been after we did the arctic monkeys episode a while back i've started to actually properly get into the arctic monkeys now so i'm we're going to be doing an episode based on their first album fairly soon um but when the sun goes down it's a song about prostitutes uh Excellent. roxanne by the roxanne by the police mm-hmm. the famous song Phenomenal. Prost- um yes by manic Street preachers from the holy bible true that true that uh standing in the rain by billy talent on their first album
2: Mhm.
0: um technically charlotte Har- charlotte the harlot from the first maiden album she's not a prostitute i don't believe she was just she was just a whore yep <laughs> um 22 Acacia Avenue is about the same person, so I don't know. I like just it was a random thought as I was listening to When the Sun Goes Down. I get you. I, I I don't know whether it's more.
1: There's a lot of great songs about prostitutes, rather than there's no bad song about prostitutes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying a blanket statement that there's never been a bad song about a prostitute. I just mean like, could you? Can you think of one, or is it literally the same as me? Like, the only songs about prostitutes that stand out are the. Yeah, the I mean, but then the vice versa, like, you rarely remember bad songs.
1: Like, the whole point of bad songs being bad songs is that they're pretty forgettable.
0: Oh, no, you know when a song's bad or terrible. Like, Lightning, That's true. Stri- lightning Strikes by Klaus Nomi will never leave me.
1: No, and, and anything by Bon Jovi is terrible. <laughs> that's one joke. You're amazing.
0: Um, did they so, make a
1: song about a prostitute? Because that's bad.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know if they did one about a prostitute. I mean, you give love a of bad names about a bit of a whore, but all right, fair. No,
1: it's a very interesting. It's interesting that a lot of great bands l- like to write really great songs about prostitutes. <laughs> That's a very good point. I've never thought about that before.
0: Well, apparently House of the Rising
1: Sun's about prostitute. Right. Have you Googled songs about prostitution
0: or escorting? No, I've Googled songs about prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, private Dancer. dancer
1: right.
0: a killer Queen by Queen. Yeah,
1: fair. Uh, right. I mean, I right. I love Queen. But I don't like. I appreciate that every song they made is probably great, or a lot of the songs that people love, like Killer Queen, is probably great. But Killer Queen is something that I would not personally listen to. But that's just my own taste. I'm not saying it's a bad song, but
0: yeah. I I love that song purely because you've got you've got the bassline as well. It's doo goo doo goo doo and then you've got the uh, guitar solo yeah see That's see
1: true. it has good guitar i'll give it that i'll give it that no it's a very interesting question even outside of uh rock though as well because there's a great song uh by frank ocean called pyramids uh called pyramids sorry um that is kind of about someone working a, a lady working in the clubs and stripping at night sort of thing it's a very excellent song um i'll get you to listen to frank ocean at some point really get you out of your comfort zone
0: (laughs) yeah it was just a a weird thought that came into my head and i thought it's about music i wonder
1: i wonder how much that says about rock or how much that says about you
0: (laughs) what or how much it says about the gray area of prostitution as well i mean all right fair if you want to get sort of semi-philosophical about it and many people get semi when they talk about prostitutes <laughs> very good oh that was the whole setup just so i could say that one lie. great absolutely
1: <laughs> no. worth well, it brilliant
0: no, <laughs> you know just to just to add some context to where we're like i literally i text Connor the other day just saying remind me when we record prostitutes
1: yeah and i was very very worried
0: <laughs> yeah and as it turns
1: out it's quite like a wholesome query and not i didn't, yeah i don't know if it was an anecdotal thing
0: an <laughs> experience you've had <laughs> no i've never been with a prostitute funnily enough fair enough i mean i imagine you've been to amsterdam
1: many ages. i have been to amsterdam I, I will i will say i have not partaken in any of that i was uh more interested in the other the other things that ah uh, yes offer.
0: <laughs> yeah it does amsterdam's got fucking it's like the last days of rome there isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant we should go sometime you'd love it oh trust me i i would be so fucking wrecked <laughs> i to to a point where it just wouldn't, it would stop being funny and it would very much be a worrying, like, Jake, yeah, <laughs> are yeah, you alive? Just,
1: we'll just take you for one day, we can monitor it.
0: <laughs> and just a quick apology as well, if my voice is sounding flat or iffy, like in general, like I don't have my full range of tones, um, lack of sleep. Yeah, so, it's been a tiring time. We got you, has, man. It has been... Um, but that's only because I can hear my own voice in my head as I'm talking, and it sounds weird, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're fine, you're fine right, um now, with those key points out of the way, um one other thing actually, just before we go on, um me and Connor have had a discussion. We have a competition that we're hopefully going to be introducing fairly soon, yeah, uh, there's no prizes other than our eternal gratitude.
1: yeah and also you you showing off a little bit i suppose that's quite gratifying for yourself
0: well yeah a little bit showing off but it's just something that helps things be a bit more interactive because i think as much as we say um you know follow us on twitter at songs underscore us or find us the songs that made us on facebook or email us at the the songs that made us pod outlook.com um it's still a barrier between what interaction we actually really have with people. Yeah. And I just want to introduce a little little element of fun. So what we're going to do, um, I'm either on a weekly basis, I'm going to play a bass riff from a song. You've got to try and guess what the song is. Um, now, I'm torn between two ideas with it. Either we do iconic bass riffs, so we do like, you know, another one bites the dust, or i can only do bass riffs that are part of songs that made us canon
1: oh i like that no i like the second one also because we don't want it to be too easy um where like every single person gets it every single time sort of thing i'd rather oh. yeah if you if you play famous bass riffs from the canon of the podcast one it means these fuckers have to actually listen to it all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and two also though it's it's nice um you know, maybe we could do a whole thing and first person to guess it or either through commenting on YouTube or commenting on uh, Facebook or something like that. We give them a it's shout great. out.
0: Um, oh. Shout out or. If, uh, you know, depending how, depending how niche and how tough the baseline was, if they were to get it, there could be an opportunity where if they want to come on for sort of 10, 15 minutes, talk about an album they love. Yeah. As a, as a sort of mini guest spot.
1: Yeah, why not? I mean, anything. It's just a bit of fun to reach out, I suppose. And if anyone comes up with any other cool ideas for like things similar or little games we could play or something like that, something to get people more involved, then yeah, hit us up and let us know. Because well, as 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 we've made clear before, like we're doing this for fun. We enjoy it. We love the idea that people actually, for some reason, find us interesting. Um, and for those people that do, or you know, that enjoy it why not get them involved as well so anyways that people think that we can involve more people more uh let us know
0: well me and connor could also do a game between ourselves where we do sort of like next line we got to finish the lyric to a song
1: yeah that sort of stuff that's fun
0: yeah um i'd be
1: bad really bad i'd be <laughs> fucking awesome
0: <laughs> or we could do like um like the old nevermind Buzzcocks intro round kind of thing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so there's a fair fair few cool little ideas that we can do just again try and make things more fun and try and try and get to interact with people because I see I get the benefit of because I handle pretty much all our admin side of things I Mm. get the benefit of seeing where people are listening from yeah and so I want to know who this person in Serbia is who's listening to us I want to know who's in Japan and listening to us. I want to be able to talk to these people and sort of see, A, do they fucking like the podcast anyway? Or is it just uh, they listened and it was sort of the principle of two dogs fucking at the side of the road where they're just like, (laughs) oh, that's that's interesting. They listen to us.
1: It's kind of like going to the zoo or watching a documentary. It's it's just out of pure interest on
0: who these animals are. Did I? (laughs) Did I ever tell you about seeing a... <laughs> well, I took my mum to Painton painting zoo because my mum loves zoos. She loves yeah. going to zoos. Mm. And we took her to Painton painting zoo and it's me and her wandering around. And, you know, the uh, Japanese macaque monkeys. Yeah. The sort of smallish ones. They're cute. Yeah, they are cute. Mum was taking pictures of them, but she's taking pictures of the wrong one. The one I was staring at looked me dead in the eye oh started beating off stopped <laughs> this is where it gets crazier he stopped looked at me and started sucking himself off oh, oh my god And i'm there like nudging my mum like you're taking a photo with the wrong one like look at this one this man can <laughs> suck his own dick
1: <laughs> i just like the idea that for some reason you turn on monkeys
0: well it's that uh, sexual gravitas that i that i've got clearly that stretches between all species <laughs> well yeah i mean you should see giraffes when they see me they try sucking it as well and that's a fucking weird sight <laughs> bending their neck over <laughs> and now uh, we can't take jake anywhere <laughs> well it's not as though they're trying anything on with me it's fine it's just they they get aroused <laughs> Do you not remember Gary Trotter, the the Shetland uh, pony?
1: <laughs> the Shetland pony, yeah. I saw him on Facebook the other day. So for a bit of context, <laughs> um, we used to go camping a lot. Now, we will get diamond Maiden eventually, <laughs> but we used to go camping a lot on the moors uh, near where we live. We say camping;
0: um, it was basically nights of debauchery and alcohol.
1: Yeah, yeah, with a big group of people, it was a good laugh. And then one time we woke up and there was a a pony is he no is he a pony or i assume as a pony yeah he is yeah, and uh he was just around in our campsite chilling out and we became good friends with him we called him gary trotter we made him a facebook page uh he probably has more friends on facebook than me
0: he uh, had a couple of beers had some food he was happy we did not feed a pony beers <laughs> no he literally picked up the bottle himself it, <laughs> like genuinely i don't remember <laughs> this <laughs> yeah he was he was going over because we had, like, the little store of food and we still had, like, um, like the leftover, like, couple of bottles. Right. Uh, some that had been, like, opened, half drunk and left. Mm. And he came the over and he, juice. he... Oh, Christ, yeah. But he came over and he started, like, licking the bottle and he just clenched it and lifted it up. Oh, man. <laughs> so I encouraged him. I was like, yeah, you can go for it, Gary Trotter. <laughs> You get yourself, wrecked. and He followed us a fair way back as well. Yeah, he did. Good man. He kept coming after us like, whoa, where are you guys going? You've got beer. <laughs> Gary Trot be was, was a mean drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but now now that we've got the admin out of the way, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got the plug for all our bits at the very start as well for a change. Look at that. So, at least that way they can listen to the first 20 minutes, then shut the podcast off and know <laughs> how to reach us. Um, part two of the Iron Maiden anthology. This is what I call part two of the Iron Maiden anthology. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of some witty name for it. I was thinking of, like, I don't know. This is the solidification of the classic Maiden lineup.
1: Yeah. And this is where you get, uh, I, I mean, I. Uh, as I've mentioned before in the first part, uh, I was never massive into Maiden. I heard a lot of songs, liked a lot of songs, but I don't know them back to front, sort of their yeah. entire catalogue. Um, but and listening to these three albums is when you go, ah, yeah, this is the classic sound I know. This is like yeah. this is where they really come into their identity. And I mean, we talked a little bit about it on our um, uh, Radiohead and Smashing Pumpkins podcast, where which may or may not come out before this. Um,
0: it will but, be out before this. Don't worry. Yeah,
1: there we go. Yeah, uh, where um, I'm you actually know, planning where episodes are released now, yeah. <laughs> it uh, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's when you're talking about amazing bands when they start to get a really clear cut identity that's completely unique to them, a sound that's unique to them, and you know the second you play one of these songs, you go, ah, that's Maiden. Whereas before they were a bit more. They still had a fairly, like, unique sound, but they they were a bit more standard sort of um, heavy metal.
0: Well, uh, yeah, sort of metal, punk rock kind of uh, vibe they had going on with the first two. Yeah. Um, But on the first two albums as well, like, I did keep pointing out, like, see, this is the genesis of these kinds of things that follow on. Yeah. And exactly. you can sort of see that in their DNA at the very start. But we go now to 1982, yes that was a year and things happened (laughs) and this is well this is the crazy thing so iron maiden the first album was released in 1980 killers is released in 1981 number of the beast is 1982 1983 is peace of mind and 1984 is power slave yeah they didn't stop (laughs) they did not stop and they were doing world tours on that as well yeah and well that's the thing so like just before this
1: album they had a world tour and and that was the the departure poor diano yeah and then you get bruce so bruce has had less than a year with the band
0: and and he makes such a massive impact it's it's insane well yeah you couldn't pick a better first like debut album for a new member could you really
1: completely well and he is like singing his ass off on number of the beast
0: fucking hell yes he is dude
1: Um, like that guy came in with something to prove and like uh, i think it's there's good reason why he's one of the he's known as like one of the best frontmans of any heavy metal well there's
0: a good reason why his nickname is the air
1: raid siren as well yeah oh my god it's it's such a distinguishable so he plays a big part of that identity that i was talking about like he's got such a unique voice for metal and it his range is insane like unbelievable especially with how like full his voice sounds even at that top range um and it's not in the same way as like other heavy metal bands do like you're a lot of people go like the Led Zeppelin route where it becomes when you get higher pitch it becomes very like yeah! like sc- like screamy a little well, bit it's because sounds...
0: where you're pushing the vocal cords it's um it's cracking and distorting isn't it yeah completely. Or, or you're purposely sing... putting on
1: yeah, a lot of people purposely put on, I like to call it like this, a witch, <laughs> like, sort of sound onto on, onto the notes that gives a really nice metal sinister sound. But Bruce doesn't do that. He goes for much more of this full voice, almost operatic vibrato sometimes. That, and he's still got a bit oh. of
0: distortion in there, but it's so fucking unique and it's so good. The last thing, for the most part, his singing's clean, unless he's going through a fast part and he's yeah. having to hit, sort of, words in quick succession. Mm-hmm. Um, his vocal range is astounding. Yeah. But also his breath control as well. So the notes that he, The fact that he can hold a note for, like, comfortably 15, 20 seconds and still add vibrato on top there without without the vibrato being a necessity to get to the end of the note. And it doesn't he, falter as well. He does it live. That's what I mean. Yeah.
1: yeah. He does it, like, it's it's a, what's unique about him as well I, well it's not unique but a lot of singers just can't do it where they sound amazing and they hit these crazy fucking notes on their albums but it's all in a studio and it, you know you can take breaks and it's, it's it's not easy to do by no means but it's 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 a lot easier to do but this guy sounds amazing live like perfect live in fact a, a lot of people would say that I made and I just are better live than they are on their albums and that's crazy because on their albums they sound insane
0: well yeah I think it's just the fact of when people go to see them live like I don't know if you have the same experience for me when you go to see a band live you do I do always seem to have that worry of like are they gonna be able to do what they do like I yeah. think of the, the the cribs for me are a really good example um anyone who knows me i'm a massive fan of the cribs i love the band yeah um literally uh 24 7 rockstar shit that album when that came out or when they announced that's coming out it saved my life when i was in a really bad place because it was like yeah. so the cribs for me are one of my top five Mhm. but live like vocally they're not as good like yeah but the music and the energy more than makes up for that they're an amazing live band um, but My Chemical Romance had the same problem live. They were the shits compared to the albums.
1: Yeah, and, and they uh, have
0: like, gotten better though
1: since. Yeah, but dare I say it's about like I'll give them a bit of credit because it, they had broken up for the ten years. But when I saw Stone Roses live at Heaton Park, um, it was more for the experience and it was great energy and great experience. But the sound wasn't necessarily. Like it was on albums, but then you get some bands like your Red Hot Chili Peppers or your Iron Maiden, oh, yeah, who are exactly like the studio recordings, if not better, and then they also deliver an amazing experience. um And yeah, that's when you know that they're just like they're the shit.
0: <laughs> and chances are, and this is sort of speculative on my part, so this isn't this isn't gospel truth, but I imagine it's down to the way. The way you record the album. So, for me, if I'm going to go into record, I want to try and recreate that live feeling as much as possible because it translates across both sides. Mm. Whereas a lot of people will be overproduced to the extent where it's always going to be impossible for them to produce that live. I also Um, think it's a generational thing as well
1: because bands back in the day, when you're talking like in the 80s and stuff like that, you didn't have as much studio trickery back then. Um, you kind of had to go in raw, and well, you're recording the, to tape rather than recording to Pro Tools. Exactly, there was a lot less leeway, and so you sort of got a closer representation of the band back then. Whereas nowadays, you can have, you know, you can there are famous shit singers, but it's because in the studio they're able to do so much more. And their producers are able to do much, so much more with their voices that they sound James amazing. Recordings. Yeah, that's a good example. Well, <laughs> modern Hetfield anyway. Exactly. And it's kind of like, it, it really, it's a shame with modern music that it's mostly just all done in the studio now, for a lot of people in a lot of cases. Um,
0: well, and there's a benefit nowadays as well, though, as they can replicate the album sound a little bit more because you can tune your mics live when you're singing live completely yeah and so true. there's it's some level hell. of <laughs> yeah there's some level of artistry and skill that this dissipated and died
1: yeah completely fucking... but yeah
0: so this album number of the beast is absolutely fucking amazing <laughs> well it is indeed but um let's let's tell the listeners a little tale Oh, so, history time with jake Yes, it's that time again. It's where I get to tell you a little bit of a story about the coming of Bruce Dickinson. Right. So I'm sure you've done your research anyway and you know the story. Totes. Okay, you haven't. (laughs) So this is new for you as well then. Well, I know they met him at a a festival or a gig. Mm Mm-hmm. Indeed, it was at a festival. I can't remember exactly which festival, so don't press me on that. But uh, Bruce Dickinson was playing with Samson at the time. And uh, Iron Maiden had uh, just gotten rid of Paul, or well, they were just about to get rid of Paul. They needed a replacement. Um, Samson had had some issues with Iron Maiden in the past with members, mm. and so there was a bit of heat there. Uh, but Rod Smallwood, the manager of Iron Maiden, he was like, "No, we can't have blues."
2: That's
0: like <laughs> Northern accent for him, which ended up being Scottish, but he's actually from Yorkshire, I believe um but he was like no we can't have him and then finally like after he got to see bruce dickinson live he understood why the rest of the band wanted bruce dickinson right and so they're at this festival and rod's like i need to meet you and so him and bruce meet up they think like nobody's watching but it's under a giant lamppost (laughs) (laughs) one like single spotlight on them sounds like a film noir film (laughs) <laughs> yeah, basically, and like people are basically going past it, going, "Well, that's gonna be the new Maiden singer," then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then they sort of went off, sat down in the pub, discussed everything over, and uh, then it was born. Yeah. Maiden, the Maiden as we know it. Apart from we still got Clive Burr on this album, who I think is sensational on this album on drums. Yeah, this wow, This is a hard album to drum. <laughs> this so, is a hard
1: album to play. This is a hard album to sing. Guitar it's a very deceit like because we'll talk about power slave in a bit and power slave sounds difficult it's similar to a like and justice for all for metallica where you're like yeah this is a fucking beastly album to try and learn and try and play but number of the beast doesn't sound it at first and then you actually yeah. really think about it or you, you really listen to each individual
0: part and you're like man this is insane what they're doing is insane yeah, so just a bit of a refresher then for people. I'll do the full band line-up second. So, lead vocals replacing Paul Diano. Obviously, we've got Bruce Dickinson now. Um, on your guitars, you've got Dave Murray and Adrian Smith, who, that's the iconic duo that lasts for a long, long while. Um, on drums, we've got Clive Beristail, um this being his last album. And on the bass, we've got The God Himself with Steve Harris. You. Yeah now how do you want to do this because i think we should because uh, i know previously we've gone through song by song or whatever and done it that way and we're uncomfortable with it but what i'm probably going to do is if i give the full track listing and then we yeah. can just go talk about the album as a whole anyway yeah yeah yeah. let's do that yeah um just that way we can make sure people know the songs and make yeah. sure we definitely listen to the same remastered versions (laughs) (laughs) um so song number one invaders then we've got Mm. children of the damned the prisoner 22 acacia avenue the number of the beast run to the hills gangland uh total eclipse which is only on the 98 remaster i believe and hallowed be thy name yep
1: and uh for context i don't i didn't listen to the version with total eclipse you didn't.
0: Well, actually, no, that was actually quite a good song, I was to think, then.
1: Yeah, um, unfortunately, I haven't heard that one, so I do apologise for any listeners who are massive fans of that song. I'm sure Jake can talk about it a little bit. But, um, no, I, I'm listening to, I suppose, the original version, then. It's only eight songs long.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it goes straight from Gangland to Hallow Be Thy Name. Yeah. Um. Now, one of the sad things, though, about the album is Bruce Dickinson couldn't wasn't allowed legally to have any writing credits on it. Right. Uh, because there were legal issues with Samson. So, uh, even though he wrote, or he was massively influential in the writing of Children of the Damned, The Prisoner, and Run to the Hills, like, he couldn't get the writing credits on it at the time. Ah, uh, such a shame. Yeah, that is a bit of a, bit of an asshole thing. And... It wouldn't be an Iron Maiden album either if we didn't talk about the fucking artwork. Yeah, man. So good. So, yeah, so we've got, you know, it's dark landscape. Eddie's got a marionette of the devil. who's then yeah. got a tiny marionette of Eddie. And the whole premise of it is which one is the real evil.
1: Yeah, it's fucking sick. It oh, sick. man, everything about this album is so sick. I really adored
0: listening to this one. But one other little uh, tidbit about the album artwork that wasn't originally done for number of the beast that was done for something else okay it was done uh yeah it was done for the single of purgatory from killers Ah, right no way but rod smallwood saw the artwork and he went that's too fucking good for that to be a single and then they used it for number of the beast no way so do you reckon that,
1: that, that this album was almost influenced by the artwork, then?
2: No. Or at least the song,
1: at least the song Number of the Beast. If no. If you don't have the song Number of the Beast and you don't call this album Number of the Beast, that kind of makes less sense for that to be the artwork. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, but the artwork's just random piece. No, I know, but it's about the devil and everything else. Do you
0: get, like... I'll tell you why okay. I say no, because there's, okay. a story, there's a story behind it. Okay. Uh, give me two seconds. I've just got to get some, some quotage up. So, basically, it ended up being called Number of the Beast, and the songs all came together. Um, and now I don't know how apocryphal these stories are. I don't know if it's the case that they told these as lies to build up the aura of the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if these things really did happen... Um, but basically, there were sort of reports of unexplained phenomena happening during the sessions they recorded at battery studios, wow. um, such as sort of lights turning off and on of their own accord, uh, re- recording gear just mysteriously breaking down. Um, but the climax of the whole thing, which is where they got Number of the Beast, which was uh, Martin Birch, the producer, and at this point was becoming their long term producer. Mm. Uh, he took over on the last album on killers um he was involved in a car accident with a minibus that was transporting a group of nuns <laughs> no after way after which he was presented with his, with his repair bill which came to 666 pounds fair i mean i think that's a load of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i can't but
1: remember if
0: they, i not i can't remember if they've shown the bill anywhere or if they kept the bill but yeah that's the story they tell about it and that's how it came to be number of the beast yeah it does sound a it, bit perfect, fetched it, it does <laughs> reek of bullshit yeah of you know of crashing into nuns <laughs> and getting 666 <laughs> i think if you left the nuns part out of it
1: yeah but i'll tell you what though that's what's so cool about this time in music that because no one could ever do anything like that anymore like <laughs> build up hype for an album that way by coming up with these stories and stuff it's the same with films as well i suppose because there was like like you know films like the exorcist and everything or where there's so much stories about the making and everything about it
0: and it's advertising uh, poltergeist is, advertising. Poltergeist is a big one isn't it yeah I well yeah that.
1: poltergeist but that actually had oh that was sort of after as well <laughs> yeah or twilight zone which is like you know had
0: legitimate
1: deaths Wow. Well, um it
0: it dates even well yeah that was a helicopter accident there yeah, wasn't it that that. Was, Yeah, um but no it predates any sort of form of art in that as well uh, you just got to think about um curses of pharaohs like yep. the opening the opening of king Tut in the alleged uh inscripted curse above which is actually 100 percent bullshit <laughs> but it's done to generate more but that's cool
1: it's, it's 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 nice that you, at this time there was this whole mythology behind you you could create or have this this these things that build up an album so well and it, it just it's really cool and it then people the story, nowadays yeah. yeah exactly it adds to the whole narrative whereas like i don't know maybe we're all a bit too desensitized now or like media is just media oh, uh,
0: i think it's just the process of selling an album yeah nowadays like they they had even though they were with who were they with they were were they still with EMI at the time no Um, idea yeah they were still with EMI at the time um but it they there was a sort of looseness like they could obviously EMI would promote it yeah but Iron Maiden clearly had there sort of touching there as well it yeah it wasn't the way things are promoted nowadays where everything is sort of scripted and clinical
1: it, and it's easier to push things out there now i mean with the internet it's just you know shove it on there and people will fucking hear that's how we've managed to get listeners in serbia <laughs> 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 you know i mean well we, we've, think- we've got next to no mythology <laughs> oh no we've got a huge canon at this
0: point <laughs> Well, I've got a cannon cock, but, you know. All right, well done. (laughs) But but it's that thing of, um, the way I describe it is everything is a lot more homogenised and sterilised nowadays, whereas you can get rid shit like this and have Eddie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But um, onto onto the music. So, Mm. first thing to get out of the way, the very first song, Invaders. Mm-hmm. That was the um, that was song that was born out of Invasion. that was on Soundhouse tapes. Yeah. Steve Harris thought it was crap. What did And did he,
1: did he continue to think it was crap? Or did he think it was crap until he heard Bruce sing it? Because...
0: No, no, no. This is a quote from years later. He oh, thinks, really? Yeah, he thinks it's uh, sort of crap compared to the rest of the album. And I, think it's an ex- I
1: think it's an excellent opener. It's not my least favourite song on the album it's
0: my least favorite fair fair just just because you've got the chorus which is invaders yeah. i think it's it's a great introduction
1: to bruce because the yes. vocals in that song are crazy and like and it's so different from their previous stuff so you're like this album oozes with confidence and i'm so like gobsmacked by how Bruce just grabbed this by the balls and just went, yo, I'm going to do some mad shit on this, um, despite being the new member of this band
0: that has literally done multiple world tours by this point, you know? Um, well, that's the thing. It wasn't Bruce saying, I'm going to do mad shit. It's just Bruce Dickinson be, you know, coming on and being Bruce Dickinson, which is but, even more <laughs> impressive.
1: Yeah, but, like, we'll talk about it a bit when we get to peace of mind. But, like... um. <laughs> he definitely you can tell he just put his all into this and so the one that the one thing i have about this album is that it feels like every single song is like an event uh like it feels like every song had a lot of like care and attention and so much effort has been put into each single so like it it yeah it just feels like a a real solid body of work and effort that's that really paid off um
0: my big question then is what is your least favorite song on the album so my least favorite
1: song on the album is gangland and it's still in gangland and it's still an excellent song so like i i more so than definitely the two previous um albums and as a bit of a teaser um, For the next two albums um, There is it, Like this album is close to perfect In my eyes And the only thing that makes it Not quite perfect is Gangland And I still think Gangland Is an excellent song But it's it just It's a bit more standard Than the rest yeah. of the songs Whereas each the, the reason why I was talking about Effort Is every other song on this album Has its own personality Ooh and own sort of energy and own story and like this album has so much versatility like it slows right down it speeds right up each like
0: it, it, oh, it's so good so in terms of gangland though the thing behind that is they had a choice between gangland or total eclipse one was going to be a b-side for um i don't know if it's number the beast or run to the hills Right. But one was going to be a B-side and one was going to be on the album. And so they had right. to choose between the two. Yeah. Uh, which, and Gangland got the vote. Now, um, with Gangland, though, the drums at the start. Yeah. It's long. What, what does that remind you of? Uh, because I, I can tell you the first thing that came to my head. Go on. Um, which is timely, actually, uh, with the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Mm. Hot for Teacher. Uh,
1: ah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. I I, I sense that that sort of kind of kind of kind of Yeah, it was um obviously Hopf teacher has the whole like thirty seconds before it gets into that drum beat. Yeah yeah yeah. With him just fucking around, but it's that sort of double bass kind of thing of as it's bouncing along. Um, but yeah, I'd go with you. I'd say Gangland, Gangland is, it's for me it's inoffensive. It's good. I prefer it to Invaders, but yeah. it's... Yeah probably the only thing that you can point out as a low light for the album
1: so for me like and, and to, to make it clear as well i don't dislike gangland in the slightest i think it's actually a really great song um if you put gangland on uh, on the two previous albums it would be one of the best songs on those albums in my opinion yeah it's sort of like a song that bridges the gap completely yeah yeah, yeah completely and it's nice to break and it, it fits perfectly in the album because it's perfect just before hallowed be thy name which is a very different song um oh god and, yeah and run to the hills which at this point has such its own personality and it's so iconic in its own way um i know you're a bit desensitized to run to the hills a little bit but i still love the song yeah like, it's still an excellent song like, and the, but, the, the each song on this album feels iconic and they like it, they're, they're all so catchy in their own different ways whether they're catchy in that you can sing along to the choruses or whether they're catchy in that they have such iconic openings or verses um
0: well, yeah the first song i want to talk about properly then from my side mm-hmm. children of the damned yeah so good the chorus what a is a fucking so great. song <laughs> yeah you've got that slower feel to it in a minor and it all builds up um these really slow sort of haunting verses and then you know bruce projecting his voice a million miles going on the chorus yeah and on top of that the musicianship of that whole song so
1: that's the kind of maiden that personally is my favorite i love when they do galloping maiden we all like galloping maiden and um uh and when they do their heavy shit and they're like they're, they're much more up tempo stuff, I do dig that a lot as well. But what what really separates them from other heavy metal bands for me is when they slow right down or they become a bit more ballady or they become a bit more more melodical. Um which they have a perfect balance of on this album. With Whoa. songs like Children of Downed and songs like Hallowed Be Thy Name, which goes even further into it. Um oh, yeah. it's it that's the kind of maiden that I feel like no other band pulls off that feel anywhere near as much anywhere near as well sorry
0: it's that thing i was we were talking about on the first part of the anthology when we listened to like remember tomorrow yeah exactly that this is that was the starting point this is where it ends up yeah um but musically it's fantastic i'm pretty sure um i think adrian uses a 12 string on it as well if i remember rightly yeah um but the bass flows around perfectly in the background Drumming's good and then you get to that bridge and everything kicks up to a whole nother gear and it's all fast down. yeah
1: they build they build their songs build perfectly Oh when, yeah when they, when they
0: do that it, it works so well it takes you it takes your story it takes you from point a yeah to point, B to point c and then brings you back down but and the thing is with them is that they have so many different ways that they're able to
1: achieve that because technically, oh, yeah. from a song song structure point of view, "Number of the Beast" and "Hallowed Be Thy Name" do the exact same things in terms of telling a story and putting you on a journey and slowly building. But do you mean they Children do it of the damned. No, no, I'm saying uh, uh, "Number of the Beast" and "Hallowed Be Thy ah. Name" do the same thing as "Children of the Damned." Ah, in, right. Okay. In the way they build a song musically, but they do it in very different ways.
0: Well, yeah, it's about using the music as well as the lyrics. Completely, And flowing yes. you where it needs to go. Um, but I've got to give a big up to the uh, guitar solo as well. Yeah. And bear in mind, so just a little bit of insight from me. I can play the very first part of the solo, because the first part of the solo is tapping. Mm-hmm. And it's the same tapping pattern that gets uh, reused what six seven years later by a certain mr kirk hammett oh apart geez. from so where's kirk hammett i'm not going to do it on the note the notes because i can't remember what the notes are on the top of my head but you're yeah. hammering on from the 12 to the 15 on the high e and you're tapping at the 19 uh on one it's and then he goes up to 20 with this one it's you do 19 20 19 20 19 20 yeah but but yeah, it's a very, very similar sort of tapping pattern, which always makes me have a little chuckle. But uh, <laughs> not, not saying obviously he's stolen it or anything like that. It's just because they're similar, it makes me laugh. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs>
1: well, but one thing, one thing I really want to talk about on this album is yeah. um, obviously, as I said before, I've not really th- with this album. I definitely had listened to it before, but years ago, um, years, You're and years right, ago. Right, fudge yeah first was just having a little uh i'm here too uh moment um but yeah so but i couldn't remember everything so there's songs like invaders that like i definitely didn't remember which is maybe why i enjoy it more but the song that really yeah yeah but the song that really stood out to me <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry uh, the song that really stood out to me this time round. Um, because I didn't remember it in the slightest, and it's Prisoner. fucking no, it's fucking phenomenal. It's the Twenty Two Acacia Avenue. My dude, that song is fucking amazing. I I had no memory of it whatsoever, and it the way it shifts and changes, and all of the riffs that they go through, and the oh, I fucking dig that song,
0: and it's the first song they had, which is a sequel. Yeah because uh, it's 22 Acacia Avenue is about Charlotte the Harlot right yeah okay that makes a lot of sense yeah so I think if I remember rightly there's four I think there's four songs in total which are about Charlotte the Harlot this is the second one
1: right that's cool I prefer this to Charlotte the Harlot oh god yeah this is a really good song it's an excellent song it it's became one of my favorites on the album actually it's probably it probably shot itself right up to one of my favorite maiden songs i found it absolutely phenomenal
0: i tell you what i do think as well actually which does help this album massively is you can see you can hear the um a the increase on budget they have and the increase mm-hmm. in production value
1: 100 it's it's, the it's nowhere near as awesome. scratchy yeah it's nowhere near as scratchy it's a lot more cleaner and uh and as a band they sound so much more in sync um yep. the, the, the i don't know whether they they purposely chose to play different guitars or anything like that or um whether they just recorded them differently but they stand out you can hear what they're playing a lot more um and obviously yeah. they did fun stuff like with the the start of number of the beast with like the guy watching. You
0: are worth in see for the devil sends his beast yeah, of wrath. Exactly. So let him who hath understood reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. It's <laughs> number six hundred and
1: sixty-six. Yeah. And uh, I along. So like.
0: And what
1: they we- they they added in these lovely cool tricks. Um. So yeah, the production is so much better. And yes, number of the beast is we all know it one of the best heavy metal songs ever written and ever created and it's fucking phenomenal that song one of, is perfect
0: <laughs> one of my favorite solos as well that yeah. the um i think it's the dave murray solo is the first mm-hmm. solo on that song the... yeah, yeah uh, definitely dave murray cause he hammer-ons everywhere um, but for me, what gets me about that song is the lyrics. It's just the
1: story. The story, is, yes. The story is so phenomenal now, of that song.
0: Just out of curiosity, because obviously, as we've mentioned probably on every episode we've ever done, we were the Kerrang generation. Yeah. I like, grew That new metal ear in Kerrang. Now, what music video do you remember for Number of the Beast?
1: I remember it is live.
0: See, I'd never saw that one. Because right. yours, yours is the sort of live one, and then doesn't have the dancers, and one of the dancers turns into a beast.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember um, an animated version. Okay, with um, like an Wait. animated Bruce running around in like a maze, being chased. I feel
1: like I feel like that's so- that sounds familiar as well. It's got Eddie in it, I assume.
0: I'm so. pretty sure. I this is me making a guess now. Um, in uh, the late 90s they released a video game called Ed Hunter. right so I'm wondering if that was a tie-in uh,
1: maybe I <laughs> have no idea yeah. I remember because um, obviously I got into Maiden a little later than usual uh, well not later than usual uh, just later <laughs> and my dad was a massive fan of Iron Maiden when he was growing up and you when I started listening to Metallica and everything like that and obviously I'd heard of Iron Maiden but not really listened to much of them um and my dad told me to listen to uh, this album, which is about the first time I listened to it. And I think he actually showed me online the music video of Number of the Beast. So, which is why I probably have yeah. a different one to you from Kerrang.
0: Yeah, because yeah, the one you would have watched is the original one, which I only I only first saw that version of it. um I'm trying to think of when, but I was watching uh, Nevermind the Buzzcocks and they do right. like a guess what happens next in the music video thing yeah. and it was when the dancer turns into the beast right yeah 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 um but before we before we properly go into the big heroes as well uh i've got one other song that i want to recommend to everybody to listen to and it's probably i would say like overall like in general fan terms it's probably one of the, le- the lesser songs on the album um i've personally I think it's a fucking phenomenal song um but the prisoner yeah the prisoner is an excellent song it sounds a bit i think the reason why
1: it's not huge in the fandom uh, if i was to guess it's because it doesn't sound that maideny it's a lot more generic it is a lot more generic but it's well it's not it, it, generic in that it follows a much more standard formula of heavy yeah. metal but it does it excellently like better than most other bands do that same formula
0: this might surprise you it doesn't have gallop <laughs> well yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah <laughs> but um that when it kicks into the bridge and you've got guitar doing the it's this weird different feel yeah and that bluesy kind of guitar solo from adrian yeah. smith that is hands down one of my all-time favorite iron maiden solos really yeah, and it's I think it's because it's such a simple solo, but so effective, um and they got the original guy to give them from the Prisoner the TV show. Yeah, gave them permission to use the audio clip at the start as well. Fair yeah, man, fair. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's like a sort of it's like a hidden gem. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have obviously I didn't know that. Listening to this again, I didn't know whether it was a loved song or a a meh song for most people. I tried to be quite objective. uh, I just think it's,
0: yeah, I don't know if it's loved or hated, but it's not a song that's mentioned often, I don't think. So I think it's more just a case of
1: it's just a
0: part of their back catalogue. Yeah.
1: See, not knowing that, though, listening to this whole album from start to finish and pretty much, well, actually loving every song... For me, that was just another excellent song. No. <laughs> like, on the same level as Run to the Hills and stuff. Like, I don't necessarily want to do a conversation personally, for me, for big hitters on this album, because every single song, apart from maybe Gangland, was pretty fucking excellent.
0: Well, we've talked about Number of the Beast anyway now, so that's... Oh, there's a shit ton you can say about Number of the Beast. Fucking Bruce Dickinson's scream. Yeah. His scream on that intro. Yeah fucking amazing singer but then in "Halo," be Thy name you got his long ass note and it's oh, perfect we're we're doing we're going deep on "Halo" be their name in a minute yeah sick <laughs> um but we'll um uh, we'll have a quick chat about the obvious one um oh one thing i did want to bring up actually so when we did the first part the anthology mm-hmm. i made a prediction that your favorite album is going to be seventh son of a seventh son by the end of all this yeah you said i have a power slave or seventh son of a seventh son i'm going with seventh son 100 percent okay now you would think of a forfeit for me yeah i would like to know what the forfeit would be
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yet i don't know yet it's I've got a couple ideas I may make us do a whole podcast on like the psychedelic era of the Beatles um <laughs> okay um but I, I reckon I could think of something worse for you
0: <laughs> and now if uh if any fans do have any suggestions for forfeits yeah email us at the songs that made us the songs that made us pod at outlook.com or go onto our Facebook or message us on Twitter song, at songs yeah. underscore us. Um, although saying that, I'm the one who sees all that shit. Connor doesn't.
1: <laughs> so you can be selective. I may make you like learn the entirety of like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band on bass, but you have to do a filmed one session of you playing the album from start to finish.
0: I mean, that would be so easy and boring. Tell us <laughs> yeah, what. So forfeit, is not supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying though is that that won't that won't torture me in any way. All oh, right. I mean, could you set me up on a blind date with a beautiful person? Uh, oh yeah, because that would be torture for you. <laughs> well, yeah, especially if they're normal and not crazy, it would be. Touche, touche. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I'm trying to do now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was just that was more just a reminder that that is still definitely a thing that's happening yeah i know yeah i know just, i was uh, thinking about it earlier <laughs> although it does mean um when when we do an anthology on a band that you love whichever band that will be you've got to make a prediction about which album will be my favorite and then the fourth fate you will get as well yeah.
1: I'm fairly certain I know that I, I wanted to do an uh, anthology on Bowie. And I know you like Bowie, yep. but you, you're not huge into Bowie. It's kind of like the opposite of this.
0: Yeah, where I know the classics, but I don't know the albums. Yeah, whereas I'm a, a bit of a Bowie nut. Or if we think like Tame Impala and things like that as well. Yeah, that would be a good show.
1: See, be, prou- be proud of me, remember. In I am very names. proud of you. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, don't worry, I think I literally jotted down all the ideas we had at the time when we spoke about it we did it on part one so we won't yes. go through all that again um hallowed right. be thy name nope oh right fine fuck you run to the
1: hills <laughs> ah yeah run to the hills classic one
0: what of the first songs we
1: played together mate in a band yeah mm-hmm.
0: down, down. i play it a lot better on bass nowadays <laughs> like i probably play I... it worse on drums nowadays <laughs> Well, that's things. I uh, going back and listening to all these albums. I was playing them on bass as I was doing the listening for these. So it's um, Runstheills is a I have a sort of love hate with it at times. It's just over saturation, isn't it? It's yeah, it's
1: one of those songs like that's just been overplayed. I still well, love it personally.
0: On last week's episode, we talked about um obviously Radiohead, yeah, Creep. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, I'm maiden. Like, they dropped Number of the Beast and Run to the Hills from sets for years. And yeah. it wasn't until they got back together properly with Bruce and Adrian and they had the full, the current lineup of the band then that they started really properly playing that stuff again. Like, yeah. At every show. Um, But yeah, Run to the Hills, it's, you know, about, well, it's about colonialism and uh, us going over to America and slaughtering Native Americans. <laughs> which you know very cheery very lovely it's very cheery um again has good solo the baseline the baseline in the solo is the Mm. main part of the song that's phenomenal but other than that great vocals um at times in my mind it'll be a great song other times it'll be an okay song. (laughs) it's mixed but i assume you had similar with that
1: oh yeah yeah i mean i i i've come full circle with it there was probably a time where i was like yeah i'm just not going to listen to this for ages because you know i've literally overplayed it myself on drums and overheard it to shit but now i'm sort of re going
0: back through this again when it came on i was like yeah i fucking love this song yeah sort of thing so and that's the thing even though i listen to maiden extremely regularly because i always love to play bass to him like when i was listening knowing i was going in like listening it listen to it again for the podcast i was i'd loved it again so it yeah would,
1: i think it's one of it those change. things where like you just know that they're like it's an excellent song but they've got way more complex more interesting songs i think that's the thing so Especially, i'd rather i'd rather listen to some of the other songs like it's still one of the best songs in the album but there are other songs on this album that i'd listen to over and over again
0: with whatsoever
1: no now let's,
0: now let's face it there's only one best song on this album
1: yeah, there is one best song on this album. <laughs> I
0: take it we both entirely agree.
1: Hallow Be Thy Name. Dude, it's the best song. Uh, I think it's it's, it's always going to be... Maybe it will change by the time we get to the end of this anthology, but it's always going to be my favourite Maiden song.
0: I reckon it's a good shout that it will stay the favourite song. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily for me, but on this album. Oh, just, what can you uh, say about it? <laughs> it's, it's just perfect it, the way it builds um the long ass
1: notes uh ugh, just how heavy it gets the guitar
0: what i want to say is for people who don't know like everybody knows that singing is fairly hard but i don't yeah. think people know 100 percent how complex and how impressive things really are with singing yeah um so what I want to do is I want to encourage everyone, um, and this is not a paid advertisement. Uh, <laughs> we have no sponsors. Um, but one of the things me and Joel talked about it when Joel was on the podcast is got randomly into like vocal coaches listening to songs. Yeah. Reacting to songs. Um there's one called Beth Roars, who I believe she's Scottish, um, but she does one on Hallow Be Thy Name. And mm. it's that look of like when he's holding that note during the first part before it kicks into the yeah little <tempered> um and it goes on for close to 20 seconds like you can see on her face she's watching like it's madness yeah um, so but much control. She, but if you watch her video on it as well she'll give you a proper insights to the actual vocal techniques on display as well
2: yeah
0: um and she's very entertaining so i'd encourage people to watch that but yeah we start out and it's you know Boom. Dun 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 mm-hmm. dun dun dun. it's this iconic riff and it's
1: slow yeah and it but it comes back later in a fast
0: wave in the guitars and it oh and you don't even need to know what the song is about like you don't need to look at the lyrics i reckon just by listening to that intro you know that it's about a man who's about to you know go to the gallows
1: yeah i, I think it's, it's like The whole song has this sombre vibe, which is so perfect. And, ugh, it's good. Uh, If I was to ever recommend anybody listening to a Maiden song that they've never heard before, or, or like, they've never properly listened to Maiden, they've just heard of Maiden, I would show them either this or Number of the Beast, where you get the two sides of them.
0: Although, yeah, I reckon you want something fast-paced, like this is the example of them with the gallop, um, or we doesn't actually have, but
1: no, I would actually maybe I would go trooper, but we'll, yeah, we'll but we'll talk about that in a bit as well, but like um, yeah,
0: but it would definitely be Hallow be thy name, and yeah, then, you, you would have, have something typical maiden, and then you'd have the typical slow building maiden, yeah, um but yeah, it's just the fact that this song manages to go through so many gears, you've got the slow start, then you've got the the main riff portion, then the verses completely stop, and it's like dun dun when the priest comes to read me the last rites, boom boom and you know then you got the uh then the riff kicks in again and then you've got this random bit where it just suddenly goes um <laughs> like it's yeah. random just like <laughs> oh it's a fuck i don't know how else to describe this song mate other than it's a masterpiece
1: yeah it is a masterpiece and it's
0: a perfect end to a pretty damn perfect album yeah pretty much um but also as well with the ly- the lyrics on that song in particular are fantastic as well yeah uh, it's maybe one of their best songs lyrically and and they've yeah. done songs
1: of a similar vibe in the future i know you think it's overplayed to shit but i still think it's one of my favorite maiden songs as well but fear of the dark has a similar sort of song structure
0: oh it has um, exactly the same song structure this yeah. is this becomes a staple of maiden exactly and but this is Uh, to be honest like even though they do
1: this a lot it's always excellent and they're i never get tired of when maiden do this sort of thing because they do it better than anyone else
0: exactly and it's the fact that you can carry a seven and a half minute eight minute song Mm -hmm. without the feeling of it dragging completely completely i mean but they're they're kings of that
1: anyway i mean we'll talk about that when we get to the next album um but (laughs) With, with, in terms of trying to hold attention for long ass fucking songs oh we'll um, get to that when we do power slave that well yeah the next two albums to be honest um but and sometimes as we'll talk about they are better at it than other times
0: <laughs> so final grade for number a star.
1: a star a plus i
0: gave it a b you gave this a b what <laughs> that's so, madness to me my full opinion just to sort of stretch out a bit more i love the album i can't stand invaders mm-hmm. um, i loved invaders but okay. i th- but i for all the great points about this album Hallow, Hallow be thy name is the only one that i it for me stays long past the album i think a lot of the other stuff again i've listened i listened to Maiden a lot more than you yeah um so this isn't my go-to album it's yeah. i've heard number of the beast too many times i've heard runs of heroes i think times. yeah
1: maybe you're just you're just i'm you're a just, little bit
0: more jaded on it in general
1: yeah yeah that's fair
0: however it's a b but with the caveat that if you are a completely new listener it would be an a plus it's a phenomenal completely, album completely yeah and I think
1: it's it's.
0: I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it does. It does. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the same. Like I mean, we talk about Metallica all the fucking time. But like yeah. I would say, like a, a a new person, if you gave them their whole fucking catalog of Metallica, told them to listen to it in a day, then ask them what their favorite album is at the end of it, they'll probably say Master of Puppets. And then, yeah. but actually, oh, the more just, and more you, well, no, but I would say. Oh, I, just, I see what you mean. Yeah, the more and more you listen to Metallica and the more and more you dive in and the more and more you get used to them, then you start to realise, actually, Unjustice 4 has the more interesting songs.
0: Um, I I don't reckon they would go for Master anymore. I reckon they'd go for the Black Album. Maybe the Black Album. It depends how into the metal they 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 are. Then they'll go, like, it'll be the Black Album be the first thing that stands out. But when they listen to the back catalogue, then it'll be, like, Master or Unjustice.
1: Completely, and I suppose it's just one of those things that after a while, especially as a musician, which you are, um, obviously, um, oh, there, there'll be know. stuff, there'll stuff that just grinds your gears a bit more and you, you get more into it. And also, you just don't want to be one of those fanboys, man. Everybody loves Number of the Beast, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, just do with jib in the bandwagon. Yeah. And now, 1983. Yeah. We go to peace of mind Mhm. do you have history for this one yeah firstly it's not called a peace of mind it's called peace of mind that that would <laughs> be the first part of the history <laughs> yes there is a fair bit of history on this one mostly because uh in december 1982 clive bear the phenomenal drummer that he was ended yeah. his uh, tenure with the band yeah uh basically it was just due to personal issues and tour schedule problems. That's fair. Such a uh, shame. But at the same time, it's not a shame because
1: Nico joins. And Nico. I'm a big fucking fan of Nico. <laughs>
0: McBrain joins and he joins yeah, right with the band. Oh, actually, sorry. I'm just going to skip us. Well, I suppose actually it's not skipping us back anywhere. So between Number of the Beast and Peace of Mind, obviously they were on tour in that. Mm-hmm. Steve and Bruce could not stand each other really for a bit it was mostly just due to on stage so Bruce being the lead singer he likes to have his monitors right at the very front because that's where he yeah. thinks a lead singer should be Steve though his leader of the band liked having his monitors at the front because he'd often go up towards the front and play yeah and so there was a lot of argy-bargy and having to fight fighting for they, attention they've both got speakers <laughs> front of the front sta- or monitors at the front of the stage now oh it sounds like a really easy fix they probably should have thought about straight away <laughs> oh i think it took months and i think in the end rod smallwood probably had to settle it but like they would literally like bruce would be singing and he'll be you know leg on the monitor singing up and steve harris like coming like, up barge him out of the way and play bass on his monitor front wow. <laughs> yeah it, there were a lot of arguments in that mm. and then um, wrong people and there'll be another tale between peace of mind and power slave which okay uh, i'll remind you of it which will be, well you don't need to, I've got it written down. Alright, well then don't worry. But it's an additional thing that I don't know if, I can't remember if I, no I didn't tell you to listen to the audio thing for it. Which no. is my fault, sorry. That's all okay. good. Oh, um, but after, I would suggest listening to it because it's quite funny. Okay. Um, But yeah, so they, yeah, peace of mind. So they finished up the touring for Number of the Beast. And bear in mind, they were doing hectic fucking tours as well. It wasn't just
1: yeah,
0: like easy I tours. I'm surprised they had time to do another album within a year. I think this is why we end up with like Bruce and Adrian leaving like a few years down the line is because like, it's just too much. There was no downtime. It was just you tour massively. But that's how they built up their following initially, like yeah. before they even had an album is they were relentless. And I think more than anything, Steve Harris is relentless.
1: But I think it sometimes shows. So one of the things I have about this album mm-hmm. uh, is I think it's still very, very good. But whereas when I spoke before on Number of the Beast about it feels like every single song had so much care and attention put into it and each song has its own journey and is so different from one another this album in comparison and it's it's just my own opinion listening to it it probably wasn't but it feels rushed and it's a lot slower tempo and i disagree i say it's faster tempo it's faster no sorry it's a faster tempo than number of the beast but it's they're going for harder songs on this album so this album is going for a bit more of a heavier tone at least me listening to it it felt that way And when they're going for that, I like them to go a bit quicker. When we get to Power Slave, I'll talk about that, because that is a way quicker paced album than this one. And it works better there. I think this one, the songs, I don't know, at least in the first part of the album, the first half of the album especially, the songs dragged a little bit. I still thought they were really, really good, but they didn't keep my attention in the same way that Number of the Beast did, because each song on number of the beast was so different from the previous song
0: i also think as well and this is me sort of trying to guess your mind the number of the beast had more iconic songs packed together in such a short time as well
1: completely but the thing is is they're iconic because they're great (laughs) and like and there were songs that i didn't remember like 22 um that is now iconic in my brain because it's such a great standout song, whereas I find with this album, and don't get me wrong, it's it's still going to get a really good grade, because it's still an excellent album, Um, but it's not as, it's a bit more forgettable, and I don't think that's genuinely, yeah, and I, I don't think that's genuinely because it doesn't have as many big singles on there that have stood the test of time,
0: I, think I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to say has, like that I just meant familiarity Yeah <laughs> no, no. No, but,
1: but the reason I think I'm not as familiar with songs from this album Is Justified because They just genuinely aren't as great Songs on this album The way I put it, the, the way I was thinking about it When listening to it is that Almost every song on this album Is the same level as Gangland To me on Number of the Beast okay. Which is, it's still better than the first two albums. Um, and it's still really, really fucking great songs. But there was nothing that reached the peaks of stuff like 22, of stuff like Hallowed Be Thy Name or Number of the Beast or Run to the Hills even. Do you know so, what I mean?
0: It's funny when you say that it was rushed. Because I'm 99% sure it was. Oh, so really? this was the first time they recorded in the Bahamas. Right. And I... Th- if i remember rightly um because i recently read uh what does this button do bruce dickinson's memoirs mm. um they were enjoying life in the bahamas but were also like very burnt out from touring in that as well yeah. so it was kind of throwing it together in a way
1: yeah and, and the thing having
0: is, to do it with a new band member as well
1: yeah and i get that and the thing is one of the things i did want to say actually is um i alluded to earlier is like Bruce sounded so fucking confident and came in so big with Number of the Beast. And in this album, it doesn't quite. He doesn't. It sound he as seems strong. to be pulled
0: back a bit, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: and he's it, just not hitting. Like, he hits every note, but he's not as powerful with every note. And it, he
0: sounds like he's, like, keeping up some of the times. Um, now, I had this discussion with one of my colleagues, so he's. I'm 99% not, not sure of saying that this is his favourite Made an album really okay and i think i've probably gotten a better appreciation of it over the years because for me initially it was one of the more forgettable ones because the biggest issue for me with this album is not nothing musically nothing lyrically it's just that it's between number of the beast and power slave exactly i think that could be a bit
1: of the issue as well is because my I can't remember what I graded the first two albums, so my grade may be lower than one of those two albums. For this album, I think, but like, I do, yeah, but I do think that this is, from memory, I do think that this is a better album than the first two albums. Um, but there are songs on this. So you say not lyrically, but there are songs on this that actually, one or two songs, annoyed me. And I don't think they're bad songs. I just personally they. Quest for hit. Fire. Well, no, die with your boots on. I oh, really that chorus it. is annoying. <laughs> I know. gonna die,
0: die with your boots on if you're gonna die.
1: I think what it, it 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 almost hits a little bit of glam rock for me, and I hate glam rock. It's a bit too cheesy. Yeah, I really and and the thing is, I don't associate Maiden with cheesy, but some of the songs on this album does feel. That uh, are oh, cheesy. It's me, sorry. And like, and it didn't help that right after dive With Your Boots On, there's The Trooper, and The Trooper is genuinely a phenomenal song. Like that song does reach the heights of Number of the Beast.
0: Well, let's uh now that you've eviscerated it, let's give it its fair due. <laughs> so we'll do the band lineup again because obviously the band lineup's changed. So Bruce Dickinson yes. vocals, Adrian Smith, Dave Murray, lead guitars still steve harris bass Nico mcbrain on drums now this is the definitive lineup up until yeah. adrian leaving um i think for no Prayer. um uh, either no prayer for the dying or fear the dark we'll get to that when we do part four of the anthology yeah um so if you think this album's bad wait till so you get to no prayer for the dying mate fuck me <laughs> well i don't think it's a bad <laughs> album like i said it's, you think it's, it's a just... good album but it's solid it's it's a really that's the thing it's a really solid
1: album but knowing what just came before and knowing what's coming after. Yeah. And the thing is, that, so that one of the things for me being a drummer is Nico, I admire him so much as a drummer, always have. And he's fucking phenomenal.
0: Well, he gets honest. so
1: much more to do on Power Slave than he did in this album.
0: Well, you think about it though, the drum for where he goes there. Yeah. Is that's your first drum? Coming into excellent. a band that's fucking ludicrous.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's true, and he has moments where he shines on this album. Um, yeah, and like this album's weird for me because it, it's it's there's a where he goes there is excellent, and I quite like Revelations as well. Oh,
0: Revelations is awesome.
1: Yeah, then Trooper phenomenal, and then to tame the to tame a land absolutely exceptional. But for me, so that's if, like if the he, start if he, if he of he the album. Fight-
0: if you're gonna diss Flight of Vicarus, I'm gonna slap you. Oh, do you know what
1: though? I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. No, sorry. I didn't it's not that I didn't like it. I still liked it. And I love Flight of Vicarus, I think it's a
0: fantastic song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but to me it, it just it just didn't just didn't do enough for me. I, I don't know what it is. I think the guitar oh. in it is really excellent.
0: I think some of it as well is, obviously with Maiden, a lot of things they do, because they they never really sing songs that are about them personally. They always sing songs about um, sort of literary references, poems, things like that. Uh, Greek mythology, obviously, and this one. Um, I think they went too much into that. Maybe. With this album. However, um, I'll do the track list as well, like I did with Number of the Beast. We'll try and keep we'll keep them all the same like we're not going to go through it song by song it's just the track listing for people yeah. all right yeah i see that look in your eye that that, <laughs> that look like you're about to revolt um so yeah it opens with where he goes there revelations flight of icarus die with your boots on yeah the trooper Steel life quest for fire sun and steel and tame a land yeah there appears to be fudge there
1: yeah there is fudge has come and joined on the podcast I think for me, the other thing is as well, is that I've been happily surprised by every Maiden album so far. There's always been a track or so that I haven't heard or don't remember listening to that's blown my mind. And I go, whoa, how, how is this not like already on my phone sort of thing? This album didn't do that for me until the end, because I, I was like, yeah really good songs good songs good song good song the trooper i already knew and i know it's absolutely phenomenal then good song good song good song good song and literally then the last song to tame a land turned on and i was like that's the song that pleasantly surprised me on this album and i was like oh my god i've never heard this and it's fucking amazing and it ended up being the end of the album which bothered me
0: <laughs> so that's your favorite song uh, favorite song on the album
1: then to tame a land is no uh, trooper trooper is probably my favorite song on the album but tame to tame a land could overtake it one day i genuinely dug the hell out of that song
0: well um so yeah that's thing. there's not much to talk about this album really (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's a shame because it is it's a great album it's just the the problem is you're wanting the album to take you to some place higher yeah it doesn't necessarily get there Completely.
1: The... And I, I imagine being a fan in 1984, is it? Yeah. Uh, 1983. I imagine being a fan in 1983 and you listen to I Maiden. Then you listen to Killers, which debatably was even better. Then you listen to Number of the Beasts and you're like, oh my God, this band, I fucking love them and they're growing, and they're growing. You hear about this new album coming out, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, can't wait. How How much more amazing are they going to be now? And then this, you listen to this and I just can't imagine that you go. This is better than Number of the Beast. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like, oh, they're set. It it sounds like they settled down a little
0: bit. Do you know? Do you remember when we were talking about Arctic Monkeys? Um, like with uh, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. 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 You're saying it's one of those albums where you have to go back to it a lot
1: completely I mean because I have like, a similar
0: sort of vibe with this album because when I first listened to the Iron Maiden discography like yeah a number of the beats stand out I was surprised by Iron Maiden and Killers because I'd never really heard those um Power Slave for me though was always that was my king yeah yeah um so Peace of Mind um a lot of these albums really all fell by the wayside so like Peace of Mind um Seventh Son of a Seventh Son I that fell to the wayside caught somewhere in time like there's gonna be a few albums where they're not gonna take you to that place yeah. first off but you grow more fond of them over exactly
1: time. and i'm coming to the like this album i didn't know much of at all like, exactly mostly, you're coming in fresh i'm coming in fresh and i think maybe i have some of judgment from that i don't know but, oh, yeah, but maybe but you... also maybe this is an album that just grows on you i mean like yeah I, I said to you straight off the bat with Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino like with Like the monkeys. I didn't like that for album first time I heard yeah. it and neither did you but you've started to warm to it a little bit haven't you at least with from, from a few songs on it um,
0: um no I haven't gone back to I haven't listened to that album in full uh, but four out of five I do quite dig
1: yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. With the the more I kept giving that album a, a go, it's now rising up the ranks for my Art the Monkey, um, for for the Art the Monkeys for me because it I, I'm starting to appreciate things I didn't on the first listen, and maybe this album could do the same thing. Um, it's just well, the I way don't... I view it,
0: it's your in t- I maiden terms. You're a toddler seeing the world for the first time. Like obviously yeah. you know a bunch of the songs, but yeah so when you've just listened to number of the beast and you've got all these amazing songs yeah. to have to have songs that are just great sort That's of the thing it even though they're great it feels devalued somehow because it's, it's next it's, to it's like it's like being ungrateful yeah sort of thing yeah well and in, in it's just fucking sound sam- <laughs> and it's been sandwiched between two of their like Everyone will say it. Two of their classics,
1: and not just two of their classics, but two of the best albums
0: genre. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, two of the best metal albums, and I'm not. We're not going to bother using the sort of acronym for a new wave of British heavy metal because that's bullshit. It's just metal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Uh, uh, okay carry on. Well, I thought I'm going to give some my opinion now. (laughs) It's daddy's turn, (laughs) alright. So close your eyes, bend over oh god i love this album like i said it's more of the growing appreciation i had most definitely sort of had the same kind of thing with you when i would initially listened to it it's like yeah it's good but i couldn't really if you asked me like you know about tracks on it the only one that would spring to mind would always have been the trooper yeah um but nowadays like where are you stare i fucking love flight of icarus i really really love um to tame a land's really good um yeah i agree with you there is a corniness to some of the lyrics and some of the songs it's like they're trying i say pretentious i think it's they're trying for these grand epics yeah on but they're being everything. a bit
1: too literal about it as well i think like
0: yes yeah um I'm trying to think of which song it's on it's really really bugs me give me two seconds but um yeah i think the faster paced songs Great, the songs that are trying to be the epic sort of "Hallowed Be Thy Name" yeah. kind of thing. I think it th- doesn't hit. It did a very similar thing to
1: Killers for me, which is like the Trooper woke me up, and then from the Trooper on, I think the album does get better. um I was pleasantly slightly surprised by Still Life as well.
0: um Yes, I was. I think going that's a to... very good song. And um, the lyric I was thinking of as well, which was really, really on the nose, uh, Quest for Fire. That and it's was, like, yeah. In a time when dinosaurs walked to the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drawn by Quest for Fire. Yeah, like, it's... It was really on the nose. You're no longer
1: painting a picture, you're just showing a book. <laughs> like, you're showing a picture from a book. No, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not painting a picture, you're taking somebody to a museum. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a shame. But, it, but, like I said, it, the album does feel rushed. But if they were rushed and they still come up with fucking excellent stuff, then, like, good on them.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that thing, there's no issues with the musicianship or anything like that. It's just, no. it's a great album sandwiched between iconic albums. That, that's um, all it is, yeah. Now, let's talk about it. Still Life. Mm-hmm. That intro, the... um. It's great.
1: The intro the ba- of that song is really good.
0: Well, I was thinking the back mask uh, voice at the start. Mm. Do you know why that was there? No. And do you know what it is? No. Cool. Then, Iron Maiden Lesson 101. So, Mm. one of the things we didn't touch on really with Number of the Beast is when it came out, uh, that was when they were breaking big in America. And obviously in America, you have a lot of, uh, let's call them charlatans um religious huh. zealots evangelist preachers yeah everyone was banging on about iron maiden of satanists and their album should be burnt you know like the third Reich did with any book that talked about freedom but yes. not that i'm comparing a religion to a uh <laughs> a fascist cult <laughs> no we've already had that on uh anyone wants to hear our <laughs> opinions on this sort of stuff
1: listen to our podcast about um
0: listen to self-indulgent part one and self-indulgent once more part two (laughs) yeah exactly yeah what was that that was our underrated podcast wasn't it yeah underrated we did um mad young darlings creature and we did uh gavin clark and toy drum evangelist Yeah. yeah both very great albums as well but it's a fun podcast to listen to it's just in two parts because we talked for three hours yes uh, <laughs> got very very deep <laughs> so oh last point actually uh, with to tame a land do you know what that was inspired by or what that was about i don't
1: want to guess just tell me dune uh, <laughs> is it colonization or
0: oh oh dune oh, okay yeah yeah um yeah so yeah, Iron Maiden had been hit with the whole shebang from the religious nuts in America of like, oh ah, well, you know, if you listen to this album backwards you will hear them praise Satan and they will yeah. lead to deaths and suicides, all that ridiculous yeah. shit which we all know is bullshit. Yeah. Um, but you know like what Mary Whitehouse used to do here, that whole sort of self righteous well <laughs> they they have a <laughs> they have a song about the number of the beast. <laughs> yeah run away we're gonna conjure demons like the necronomicon
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, the same people that protest the musical jesus christ superstar and all of that sort of shit
0: the same people who protested kevin smith's movie dogma yeah (laughs) these people who uh right let's not get onto them anyway but that's yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's what's happening that was the context so they thought of a cool joke they'll have a uh they'll have a speech part at the very start of still life that you can only understand the words if you play it backwards mm. so what it is is so the hidden message it was a joke and this is how it's described down the wiki page so the this was a joke and intended to swing back at the critics who had accused iron maiden of being satanic uh, the backwards message features Brian McBrain mimicking the actor John Bird's impression of Idi Amin, um, uttering the phrase, What ho, said the thing with three bumps don't meddle with things you don't understand, followed by Nick and McBrain burping. <laughs> uh, the phrase itself is taken from the satirical album The Collected Broadcast of Idi Amin uh, by John Bird and Alan Corrin who is um victoria Corin mitchell's dad i believe oh no way yeah look at you
1: with your knowledge bomb
0: well yeah yeah joel's Corin and victoria carl mitchell yeah <laughs> i sure i think then i was definitely right i just yeah. my eyes aren't working You're definitely right i'm always right i don't ever have to backtrack no no <laughs> i was just saying like i was double checking i was right just <laughs> I know, i'm
1: joking i'm joking
0: my eyes are being poor um uh but the but i'm gonna give you a quote now from Nico brain about it mm-hmm. i'm not gonna do his accent because his accent his real life accent the way he talks he's like proper geezer he is fucking funny you should listen to sort of any interview of his yeah, i love well watch the flight 666 documentary he's great in that <laughs> Mhm. or listen to something which i'll tell you about for power slave in a minute mm. so um yeah, his quote here is, we were sick and tired of being labelled as devil worshippers and all this bollocks by these fucking morons in the States. So we thought, <laughs> right, you want to take the piss? We'll show you how you take the bleeding piss, my son. And one of the boys taped me in the middle of this I mean routine I used to do when I had a few drinks. So I remember it distinctly ended with the words, don't meddle with things you don't understand. We thought if people are going to be stupid about this sort of thing, we might as well give them something to be really stupid about, you know? <laughs> fair enough <laughs> and it's quite a cool little uh i quite like it it's that little like fuck you but done in a humorous way
1: yeah i dig that that's that's really good good on them
0: well yeah i think every metal band has been accused of being Satanists at some point in america Yeah,
1: it, it goes with the genre isn't it it's the same with uh the beatles believe it or not
0: mate <laughs> you and the fucking beatles they were <laughs> they were devil spawn they were They came right out of fucking Satan's piss flaps, they did. Alright, don't call Liverpool (laughs) (laughs) Satan's piss flaps. I don't reckon they were from Liverpool. I reckon they all put on their accents. They were trying to be like, we're just boys from Liverpool. But they weren't. They were (laughs) actually from fucking Oxford or something cunts <laughs> 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 oh you can tell i'm sleepy I <laughs> <laughs> will. Yeah, uh, overall, again just offering apologies to people if my voice sounds flat it's i'm <laughs> no, trying but you're i still fine. think i still think we're doing a bloody good episode here though so
1: yeah it's, it's a good show good show but yeah but, overall then uh, i i don't think we've got much to say more about peace of mind but to make it clear it's a really good album it is a really good album um my grade is not going to reflect that but i
0: promise you it's a very very good album (laughs) Well, give us your grade then it's going to be a c plus isn't it
1: yeah fuck right well done (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) where i was going i was going a
0: c or a c plus you said it was lower than a b so (laughs) i didn't really have much room to wiggle um i've gone for a b plus i really like this album um and again a a lot of my opinions are based on can you but, rate this
1: album higher than Number the Beast them nowadays?
0: At the moment, yeah, but it could change. Yeah. Like, that's the problem, like, it's why it's always hard to pick, like, my favourite album. Like, when we did the very first episode and it was, like, your favourite album of all time, it's like, it was the Holy Bible right then at that moment, but it could have been, you know, The New Fellas by The Cribs, it could have been Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It, yeah. my I'm fluid in terms of my opinions on these albums, but yeah, I think... Fair because i've had to listen to it more recently because and like i've listened to it four or five times recently Mm. to make sure that i can remember all the songs properly because i hadn't really given it the attention beforehand even though i had listened to it so i think because it's more in my head
1: i'm still got more appreciation at the moment
0: yeah and playing it all through on bass for the first time ever as well and not just playing like the trooper you know yeah Uh, just makes me appreciate the musicality on this album because musically it's phenomenal. It's just there's nothing, nothing really takes you to the next level. Yeah. But, but that's the thing, The Trooper, though, is stood the test of time. That's still a huge hit for them nowadays. And Bruce will come out with the the red coat on. Um, but blessing thing actually, The Trooper, as well, because it'd be sort of remiss not to talk about the background of that song really mm-hmm. um because the trooper is all about the charge of the light brigade which is uh tennyson's poem yeah and yeah well, there's not but uh there's not a the reason why there's but to do and die It was the Battle of crimea the light brigade charging in against overwhelming odds and getting massacred because some general made a stupid decision and the lyrics of the song are absolutely perfect and uh yeah they fit the vibe perfectly well it tells the story really well and the music the music works even though it's sort of like up tempo and like you know yeah it all fits in with this sort of kind of like a sort of machine gun vibe like um like not yeah no Tommy gun but like the old style big machine gun yeah you get this sense of like
1: uh, it's just got this atmosphere of when you listen to the lyrics and you listen to the music and it fits so well, you get this massive strong sense of senseless violence. Of
0: uh, I think, um, I could be wrong here, did we have any galloping on Number of the Beast? Um, there were fast riffs, but there was no gallop. Yeah,
1: I don't know if they gallop much.
0: I'm pretty sure the oh, truth popped my head. I'm pretty sure the Trooper's the first song where the gallop comes in. The birth of the gallop. Well, no, because there's some galloping
1: in the first two albums. No, there's not.
0: There's um. (laughs) Yes, there is. As someone who's played these albums, there's a couple of points where he plays triplets. Yeah, but a lot. There's not
1: a full-on gallop,
0: right? Yeah, there's not a consistent like the diggin' diggin'. With his style as well. And now I'm going to get technical for a bit here. And I know we don't like going into the minutiae and things like that. Um, but Steve Harris has a ridiculously unique gallop. So when we say gallop, yeah. it's just playing a triple of 16th notes. Dig-a-dun, 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 dig-a-dun. Like an old Western. But I think this was yeah. the birth of it because the charge of the Light Brigade, the British soldiers were on horseback. Yeah. Like, oh, no, tell a lie. Run to the hills because the soldiers in that had gallop. Yeah, yes, yeah, so but it still follows the same theme. The same theme, yeah. Sorry. But I've... then we're about to, we're about to talk about power slave and that's gallop heaven. That's yeah. That's when <laughs> they sort of take that style and use it for fucking everything. Um, yeah. But no, there's a uniqueness to his gallop, which I don't know which bass he was playing at the time. I don't know if he was playing a lader or if he's playing his Fender precision. Um, I think he was still playing precision at this point, and then he changes, then he goes back. Um, but the way he gallops... So... Usually if you're playing a triplet, you hold your note, and it's just, you know, doodle-in, and it's held notes. What Steve Harris does, though, he goes... A, he's right over the pickup, so his fingers are smacking down on the pickup, which is where you get his clacking sound, with the way he plays. Yeah. But also he goes but he plays the last note as staccato so it stops yeah
1: so he's pressing he's pressing pressing pressing
0: well no so for all three notes he pre- well for the first two notes he presses and then the last note is a staccato and then the triplet starts again basically yeah and it gives it this more unique vibe and like i said i know that's all technical nonsense to people who just like music but it's a really cool little thing which makes steve harris a unique bassist but- with the sound and it's and all it's part wh- of that unique sound that
1: we're talking about, that makes it yeah. a, a, a bigger band than everyone else.
0: You, uh, yeah, you will hear it a lot more on the next album. It's more pronounced. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A lot of galloping in the next album. <laughs> um, but, yeah, The True Prayer, obviously, that's the iconic song. I think the only other single was Flight of Icarus. Mm. Um, that's point, actually. What were, the single, what were the full singles from Number of the Beast? Just so Maybe Run to the Number of the Beast, beast. is not it? Yeah, I didn't know if they had any others. They don't. Just two singles. And funny enough, Paris Labour only has two singles as well. So, let's do it. Let's... Talking about the big one. 1984, you motherfucker. You saucy... saucy you dirty list.
1: bitch of a year. Oh, you... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know why Matchem oh, Man's, man's get man in his back. <laughs> so before, oh, I did forget one other thing. Actually, with peace of mind, um, mm-hmm. uh, I reckon it's top five for the album covers. It's it's yeah. Ed, Eddie in the um, in like a, a cell. padded cell. That's it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, with three chains tied around his neck, he's in a straight jacket and he's sort of like snarling towards you and that is one of the one two three that is one of the three iron maiden flags i have up in my room yeah yeah
1: but now we're gonna go to power slave which i think is potentially one of the best album covers of all time and one of the best albums of all time it's pretty damn fucking good
0: (laughs) yeah i do love the album cover with uh yeah pharaoh eddie
1: yeah pharaoh eddie and in a pyramid there's like ugh. so epic it's just yep. really really epic and big and grand and and it reflects the sound of the album because
0: the the album is big which is weird as well though because you'd think that would be an egyptian concept album but it's not <laughs> <laughs> which is odd but there's a little there's a little story that I told you I was going to tell you yes which yeah. comes between um so this actually ends up being a b side for two minutes to midnight Mm. now their world tour was called the world peace tour p-i-e-c-e see what they did there Uh yeah now they're on the stage one night and steve steve was trying to test nico as much as possible Mm. so he kept he kept saying like he was telling nico like right tonight on stage you're going to do a drum solo for x amount of time and Nico's like, "What? Do you mean like my drum solo on where he goes there? Because that's the solo to start with." And he's like, no, "No, no, no, separate drum solo." So about halfway through the set, and he's like, "You know, Dave will do a little guitar solo as well, and Adrian will do a guitar solo as well." And so Nico was like, "What well, are you going to do, a fucking bass solo then?" Steve's like, "No, I don't like bass solos," <laughs> and walks off. But you don't argue so with Steve; he's the leader of the band. Yeah. Um, so. There's one night. And that was a big toke of my cigarettes. Legal cigarettes, not a toke of a of a bad cigarette. <laughs> With the stuff in there. Um With Marijuana. Marajuna. Marajuna <laughs> <laughs> um, Carry on, carry on the story. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm getting there. Sorry. My this is what happens when I have no sleep I will go off on tangents and forget where I am and who I am and what my name is and who I love um so I don't know why I'm still looking at this right so yeah Nico's playing his drum solo Steve Harris's bass rig goes out it stops working right and Nico doesn't know because he's in the middle playing a solo he's doing his own thing Steve grabs the nearest guy to him who was one of the light and rig operators who was actually on his night off because uh, I think he had damaged his back or something like that so he couldn't actually work but he was just there sporting on the tour and helping yeah. out where he could. Um, so he grabs him and he sends him over to Nico to say look extend your solo while Steve gets his base rig fixed up. So the guy comes over and Nico was on like a riser so he was above sort of standing level. And he's doing all the octopus shit that he does, where it's arms flailing everywhere, hitting everything, and, you know, the crowd going wild. And he gets prodded in the back with a drumstick. And, you know, he's still trying to play his solo, and he's, he leans over and tries, What? And all he can hear is this guy basically go, Oh, ow." oh, Gary. he was like, yeah, whatever, fuck off. Carries on playing and he keeps on going, he gets another prod in the back with a drumstick, because clearly he hasn't heard what's been said, and then the same thing happens again, and so he fucking launches his drumsticks down in anger, and they bounce off the snare and fly in the air, and it looks like it was all planned, and the crowd go mento. and he takes the lightning rig guy, and he fucking bollocks him, like, what the fuck are you interrupting me for? I'm doing my fucking drums over there, and then he finally finds out that, you know, Steve Harrison Base get fucked up. So at the end of the gig, you go back to the dressing rooms, and the rest of the band sort of think Nico's been harsh on this light and guy. It's like you didn't need to, didn't need to curse him out and all that. And so Nico and Steve have this massive fucking argument, like a huge argument, where they're effing and jeffing and each other and all this kind of nonsense. And it's going on for about 15, 20 minutes. And then Bruce walks into the room with a tape recorder hidden in his pocket, set on to record. And he sits there and he lets them argue for a bit whilst he's recording it all. And they start stirring the pot like, well if he had come up to you and he poke you in the back to say like the lighting rig was gonna fall down like what what would you have done it's not his fault you've got to apologize to the guy for the way you talked to him he's like well no if it was lighting rig come down you know, i've got to grab me out of the way or i'm dead and they have this amazing fucking argument for six minutes and bruce is fucking like just stirring the pot and it's all recorded and then <laughs> you know Bruce is just throwing out well what if this happened what if that happened and Nico is getting more and more irate and you know Bruce finally leaves and the main quote from it is like Nico going like saying Steve Harris like well well if I'd known he was on a mission from you but I didn't and (laughs) at the very end they discover the tape recording you see Steve go yeah some cunts recording this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and they re- they released the recording of that as a b-side to two minutes to midnight So after the fact they found it hilarious and so we gotta show our fans this yeah so well, that's cool after we sorry it was a bit of a long way to go around on the story <laughs> i don't tell it as well as nico um what for people who want to listen to it uh, it's called message from ari um so apostrophe a double because that's steve harris's nickname yeah um, you can find that on YouTube, but you can also find a thing of Nico McBrain talking about it as well and telling the full story much better than I can. Mm. Um so if you if you search on YouTube for Nico McBrain talks about mission from Ari from B sides and it's uh, eleven minutes of him talking about the whole thing.
1: <laughs> Fair enough,
0: man. That is a good story. And I
1: like that they released that like one I like that you can have a laugh of it as well and record it and <laughs> think it's a funny thing to do, but then oh, yeah. I, also, I like I also be, like going yeah. and recording it to annoy them. But I also like the authenticity of like just sharing that with the fans and that as well, like rather yeah. than, cause obviously these bands have fucking stressful lives and stressful jobs, and I think it's a lot of them try to hide that away because they're like, no, we got to show that we're cool and we're happy with being musicians, we're living the high life and everything like that. And it's cool to just be like, yo, no, we argue a shit. We hate each other sometimes. And also, like, it's a fucking tough job.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And you think of the um, the tour they were on at the, at the time as well. Um, give me two seconds. I want to see how many dates they did. So they toured from uh, the 2nd of May, 1983. Mm. Through till the 18th of December, 1983. Sorry, I'm holding a burp. Not so good. Oh man, that's there like 150 shows in total. Yeah, and that's right after recording
1: another album and just just after doing a tour before that as well.
0: So it's a long time to be around the same people. So they toured England, Scotland, Wales. Then they toured England again. Then they went through Europe, so they had been to Finland, Sweden, Norway, back to Sweden, Denmark. A couple of shows got cancelled um, in Holland and Belgium. They rescheduled the Holland one. Mm. Um, They played Luxembourg. Then they went to the United States, and they did a fucking humongous tour of the United States. Mm. So, from the 21st of June until... until the 24th of october they toured the united states and canada oh, and it's like it's the, literally gigs night after night after night and then they still had november to december to go touring around europe yeah 150 dates that is a fucking incredible
1: yeah i
0: know i made noise did that they went hard they went mm. hard on tours, um, which is why they eventually end up getting, like, Ed Force One and Bruce doing the flying with it all. Yeah. But it's that's a, how... Talent is, man. Worst thing, if you manage to go 150 dates and touring on that schedule and being in close proximity with each other all that long and you don't have a stupid argument like that, you're not in a so real will. bat. Yeah, you yeah, let's
1: But, yeah, but, let's, get on, let's get on to Power Slave, man, because I'm excited, because I've got... You were really, really excited for me to listen to this album. And it's not an album that I have listened to from start to finish. Um, I definitely knew some tracks. I know Ace is High and Two Minutes to Midnight very, very well. And the song Power Slave. They're huge, huge fucking songs. And they're all three absolutely fucking excellent.
0: Well, should, and, I, should I give out the track list again? And then you can opine on it. Yeah, yeah, why not? um so the lineup is the same as peace of mind so like i said we're on the iconic lineup now so this is going to last us a while um now eight songs in total we got ace is high two minutes to midnight uh lost for words the bigger r um flash of the blade the duelists back in the village power slave and rhyme of the ancient mariner
1: yes and despite being less songs than the other two albums the this album's like 10 minutes longer than the other two albums um, and that's just one song <laughs> yeah and having said that though each song on this album is, is long they're, they're all long songs um for the most part um but they're talking really... about
0: <laughs> they're all long hey, songs then, they're not
1: <laughs> oh i'm sorry if you're being pedantic and uh, right not every single song is a long so, song but most of the songs are six to six minutes upwards most of the songs on this album
0: High, 4 minutes 31, 2 minutes to midnight is over 6 minutes, uh, Lost for Words, The instrumental is 4 minutes, Flash of the Blade, 4 minutes, The Duelists is 6 minutes, Back in the Village, 5 minutes, the last two songs are both really long, I'll give okay. you that. I won't I won't have you spreading your lies around here, Sonny.
1: They're boy. long no, they're all long songs. I mean like but what when you're talking about tr- like track length, I think average track length in general, if you're talking about a song, it's three to four minutes. And every single one of their songs is I think that or above. I think so they're long
0: f- songs. I think that's the thing though, you're talking about average bands. I think for Maiden they're not long songs. <laughs> you so know what I mean? That's the
1: point I'm making,
0: is that hello <laughs> sorry. Long. Jesus Christ! I've muted (laughs) you.
1: Yeah, that's the point I'm making is that they're long songs. On my back? Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) I muted you. (laughs) And it's the same. It's the same as Peace of Mind. Peace of Mind had really long songs as well. Like a lot of songs were like six minutes or seven minutes and stuff. Yeah,
0: Peace of Mind definitely more
1: so. No, and yeah, there's something I should have said more for Peace of Mind. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is because they don't feel as long because of how much this album is way better paced than Peace of Mind. Now it's a it's a very fast album from start to finish. Um in fact like I'll get to them in a second, but I have two main criticisms with this album, even though I think this album's fucking excellent. Um but from start to finish, almost from start to finish, it's a hard hitting great heavy metal album, much more up pace, really interesting songs, really intricate songs. They've gone back into the what I said earlier in terms of effort. This album doesn't feel rushed, even though it probably was, considering it is still only a year after the other one. Um, but every single song has its own personality, really intricate, really, well, really interesting. But they're all w- quite fast.
0: I will say, in terms of it being rushed, I don't think it was as much with this one. Yeah. Um, so they were in the Bahamas again, mm-hmm. uh, but they recorded from February to June. Yeah. So they had a, a bit of a lying compared after coming off the back of that fucking yeah. tour. that's uh, a ludicrous tour.
1: Yeah, which is mental. But I have two main criticisms. And one of them is, I think, objective. I think genuinely is a fair criticism. And then the other one's just me personally. And okay, me personally, because of the Maiden I like, I was upset that there isn't a slow, more building song on this album. Because... And it's definitely probably what they weren't going for. There's no songs like Fear of the Dark or Hallow Be Thy Name on this album.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Fear of the Dark, Hallow Be Thy Name, that sort of thing tends, like, after Hallow Be Thy Name, you don't really have that again until Seventh Son.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get that. and But the thing is, like, even with Peace of Mind, like, even though they weren't as slow or as building, they definitely had songs that grew Yeah, like like Revelations, I suppose. Exactly. But this album doesn't necessarily have songs that grow so much. I think the closest I can think to it is maybe the song Power Slave, but it doesn't really grow that much. Or
0: Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which does it sort of
1: in the inverse. But, you know, that's a 13-minute song, so it would be fucking weird if you didn't do that. (laughs) You can't have 13 minutes of just a track doing the same thing.
0: Well, yeah, what Um, I mean, though, is that does the inverse of it, where you start off and you've got the fast-paced gallop, and then you have a middle section, which is slow, then it goes back yeah and it's like i said it's not an objective criticism i think for
1: me it's just i love number of the beast because of how much variety there is in that album yeah in terms of pacing and stuff and i do love this album as a fucking hard heavy metal album with some fucking amazing songs but it doesn't have as much variety which you know that's just me personally going i wish it kind of did And then, objectively, my other criticism is the instrumental in this album is shit.
0: (laughs) I told you, didn't I? Mm Mm-hmm. I fucking told you. It's just four minutes of nothing.
1: Yes, and the main reason it is shit, though, is because you definitely could have just put lyrics to that song. Mm. And that's the annoying part, is that I was waiting for lyrics to start, and they never came. And it's like that quote from Eurotrip, where the guy's like, I watched the K-Porno once, I didn't realise until halfway through. The girls never came. The girls never came. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like this. I was like listening to Lost for Words and I was like, yeah, okay. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. it.
0: no flesh to the bones, is there? It's literally it just... It genuinely feels
1: like I, I I was like, shit, if I listened to a version of the song where the, the lyrics were muted, because it has a normal strong structure, song structure. It has like yep. a verse and a chorus, but just no words. And I get it because the well, song is called Lost for Words, but it's like,
0: fuck off. <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh, bear in mind as well, like, one of your favourite songs on Killers was Genghis Khan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Which exactly. was this instrumental which went somewhere. And we think about the instrumentals we love, like, Who oh, Hates hate to harp on about Talica, but Orion and uh, Call of Cthulhu, things like that, where it and actually goes is, somewhere.
1: And the thing is, is those instrumentals build. And do you mm. know what I'm talking about a minute ago when I said I wish there was a song that built on this album? Even if it was just the instrumental, if they just like made an instrumental with no words or anything that but built it really built that could have been enough variety or just something different in this album for me yeah the issue is is it was a song with no words and it just wasn't like it wasn't it didn't feel like an instrumental. it just felt like a song with no words
0: i'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit so we recorded the we recorded an episode about the bends and uh melancholy and the infinite sadness which is it will be last week's episode basically when yeah. people listen to this and the original plan is we were going to record this on the same day but we just couldn't due to a variety of reasons yeah um and i said to i pre warned connor i said all three albums are gonna be good but there's an instrumental on power slave that you're gonna hate yeah and uh the the thing is i don't hate it as
1: uh, i don't hate it because it's an instrumental either it's not even just that it's a bad it doesn't feel oh, like an instrumental that's the yeah, issue it's it like, just feels like a song that's missing a piece yeah and it's such a kick in the ball it's like they purposely trolling you by calling yeah. it lost for words <laughs> like uh so and that's the the only thing with this album to be honest because from start to finish the rest of the album yeah like i said it's not exactly brimming in variety of like tempos or fucking mel- melody or anything like that they went for making a really great heavy metal album and that's what they made because every song on other
0: than lost for words is fucking fantastic i so i've got several different conflicting thoughts on this album in So, well. so yeah. this was my this was my go-to maiden album up until the past six months yeah when i fell in love Truly, with Seventh Son, which I think is now my favourite, hands down, at the moment. Um, So, I always cut Power Slave a little bit of a slap, because it's my... It was my nostalgia album, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does have two shit songs on it. Oh, you think there's another shit
1: one? I didn't like the Duelists. I really like the Duelists. I really love the chorus a lot, and... It's a, it's the most gallopy song.
0: There's far too many songs. Like there's far too many songs about Bruce loving fencing. Yeah, all right, fair. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like, that's probably like my only real criticisms of criticisms of it. Everything else on the album, apart from Lost for Words and the Duelists, I love. I yeah. love. I love the back three so like back in the village into power slave into Roman ancient mariner i love that little run yeah um but first song i want to actually properly talk about aces high best opening track to an album so good you know well bear in mind it's the perfect opening track for anything so then that was their opener on tour after this yeah with um the winston churchill speech exactly yeah and and one thing i will say about this album and you
1: can hear it straight away from aces high is this is where they started to get into some crazy harmonies that were so good
0: yep yeah if you thought adrian and dave were just good guitar or just great guitarists before they're great guitarists with a perfect feel for each other and writing amazing harmonies and again a lot of it comes from the brain of uh steve harris because he just whistles to them how he wants it to sound <laughs> yeah but it's also like i'm on about vocal harmonies as well um they start a to little bit though, play.
1: yeah no but they, uh, there's a lot of it man like with all of the choruses especially the big ones where bruce is really going up there like they're really surprising with some of their vocal harmonies that they they come out with and i'm like what oh, it, it blew my mind the the thing is with this album is like i said it's just there's I think you wouldn't have a problem with The list if it was on a different album. Like, it's... it's mm. The thing is, is the the whole album is so excellent that it almost feels like an album of singles. If you listen to each song individually in your own time without listening to the yeah. album, they're absolutely phenomenal. The issue slightly with the album, when you listen to it from start to finish, is it lacks variety because all of them are, like, just fast-paced, great songs.
0: Well, also, um, with this album as well... So it's definitely got a lot more Bruce Dickinson on it in terms of his fingerprints. So yeah. you've got the songs which are about fencing and sword fighting. You've also got songs about aviation because he loves flying. He loves little model yeah. aircrafts and all those kinds of things. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's learning to fly at this point as well yeah. already. Um, Ace of high is an opener. Just that intro of... Yeah. So and then I'm, go going Going into that main riff, yeah. oh fucking! And, and then straight,
1: straight from there, you you go into two minutes to midnight. Like if 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 peace of mind had like was was lacking in in iconic riffs and songs
0: and <sighs> and choruses and stuff, this has it on every single song. Uh, well, it's like it, it's like you know, peace of mind is like going in at halftime and your team's two 0 down. And Parasnake they've come back and they're winning four two. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking every single thing they do, apart from apart from Lost for Words and yeah, the Duelist is okay. It's just I like,
1: really like the Duelist. I think you yeah, I think genuinely I think it's a really excellent song.
0: I'm probably being a bit harsh on it just because it's not as quality as the rest.
1: I see, I think it is. I think actually I prefer the duelist to Back in the Village, and I do love Back in the
0: Village as well um So again, the friend who I was talking to, who was saying about Peace of Mind being his favorite album, his first things were like, "Really, your favorite was Power Slave? Like back in the village and shit." And I'm like, "No." he said like, "What about Flash of the Blade? That shit." And I'm like, "Fuck off." Flash of the Blade was almost my favorite song on this album. <laughs> that guitar. Yeah. So no, Flash, li- 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 flash li-
1: of the Blade t- was almost my favorite song on this album. If if you got rid of Lost for Words um from this album my least favorite track would be back in the village but i still think back in the village is better than anything like back in the village yeah. and it's not the same as talking about gangland like back in the village is still an excellent song
0: yeah i think the only issue for me with back in the village oh no sorry the re not an issue sorry the opposite the reason i love back in the village is because there's the flow between that into power slave into rhyme with the ancient mariner i think they're just a good trio together yeah
1: i get that i get that like and... even though
0: back in the village it's nowhere near as good as power slave or rhyme with the ancient mariner yeah but it works perfectly to set the table
1: mm. and, and sometimes
0: g- you need that i love the character voice that bruce
1: puts on with power slave that song and he never he doesn't really sing high in that song either anymore like he's gone into this weird sinister creepy voice that suits the tone of the song so well like i i love the way he sings that song
0: it's almost like the verses are are what's iconic about power slave now i've got i've got one thing to say about power slave now i want to talk about two minutes to midnight Mm -hmm. um power slave is fucking phenomenal tells the story of this god who you know yeah having to face his own demise and not being worshipped yeah but again i'm gonna go a little bit technical now on the bass side of things Mhm. so during the chorus it's a gallop it's however steve harris not content with just playing that after a can't remember if he does it during the first course, or he does it a little bit during the first course. He'll play the octave on the triplet, so he'll go. Digadun 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 And then during the second course he ups the ante again and he goes digadun 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 ding It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. I remember when I first tried learning to play that, I fucking hated trying to play it. <laughs> to get the timing on it, it's that's Steve Harris showing yeah. that he's a boss. Well, that so
1: that's what we were that saying earlier is that this is the this is like i maidens at least for me so far in this anthology this is Iron maidens and justice for all when you, if you actually listen to it everyone is doing insanely hard shit constantly
0: yeah this is their like, opus. This, this, this is this is
1: this is where Nico really comes into his own as well this album is insane on the drums like it's his foot pedal, man. Because Nico, unlike most other do- um, uh, heavy metal drummers I was play you'd this style, this. yeah, like well, most do- uh, drummers playing this st- genre of music will use double bass pedals, but Nico, the fucking crazy cunt, <laughs> will just do one foot, but will be as fast as someone playing double bass. Well, and you got the reasons... does the triplets with one pedal, and it's it's so crisp and each one. Is as powerful, like it doesn't diminish. Like it would be so easy. The reason why people don't just use one foot is because it would sound like boom, 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 boom. Like it, it, you lose power with the third one. But then, yeah, like because it's couldn't... all about
0: momentum and how exactly fit into it.
1: But Nico has such leg strength and ankle strength where it's like bum, 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 and it's like, but it's way quicker than that. as well it's like bum, 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 bum,
0: bum, bum, and you're like, how do you do that with one foot? What? <laughs> now, here's a question to you then, because obviously out of the two of us you're the drummer mm. or at least were i don't know if you still call yourself a drummer or not yeah well i suppose a you drum. you do still band don't you so i i do a lot more uh, what you just call like percussion. percussion yeah. yeah um but as a drummer whenever you see sort of like lists of greatest drummers you've always got Somehow, Ringo's always fucking on there. I don't understand that. Reason um, that
1: I'll, I'll give you a quick bit of context for that. The reason Ringo's on there is because he it is... was a
0: steady beat.
1: No, well no, not just that, but he was actually... I think I'm right in saying this. He was a left-handed drummer that played right-handed, and it's actually insanely hard to replicate some of the fills he did perfectly because of the way he'll always start him with his left hand rather than his right and oh no, the, it's because he it's because he doesn't didn't work out to actually play the drums, so he was just making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, even if that was true, which it isn't, <laughs> even if that was true, the the thing is is the way he flows and does his little fills and stuff, even though they're small and it sounds quite simple, it's actually insanely hard to replicate for a right-handed drummer or a left-handed drummer because it's just not natural. But because he played unnaturally, it's similar to what you hear about Jimi Hendrix, where he would play a right.
0: He would. You, wait, you've been talking technical all this time. Don't shoot. shoot me no, no, no. It wasn't about That's being te- It wasn't about being technical. It was about Ringo. All
1: right. Well, I was actually just mentioned Jimi Hendrix, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but it's the same as Did like you know Jimmy know H- he, he could play guitar with his teeth. No, he couldn't. Shut up. Um, <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's the same. It's the same as like Jimi Hendrix, where Jimi Hendrix played a right-handed guitar, left-handed, so the string, strings were upside down. Um, which is why he could do certain things differently, or it had a weird flow, at least at the start of his career. It's, that's the reason why Ringo gets rated so high. I wouldn't rate him as one of the best drummers of all time, but it is why he's rated so high. And but- yes, if you're alluding to the fact that Nico is would be on the list.
0: No, nope, that wasn't going to be my question. So, listen, all right? No, 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 no. <laughs> i'm getting punchy now <laughs> it's that point of time <laughs> i love you man i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay it's all right we've gone two hours 16 we're doing well and it's still <laughs> been a fun episode yeah um no what i was gonna say is obviously you will have like your neil perch you will have your keith moon right? do you think nico doesn't get the due that he deserves not in the drumming community
1: no well uh, as in i he's disagree sort of underrated. With... no 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 it's, I, I would disagree i would say in the drumming community he's very well known and very very well respected so it's just um, in
0: sort of the lists of like, it's just body. in the
1: list it's in the list of musicians but it does also suffer he does also suffer with heavy metal bias um which is it's the same as bruce dickinson it's like people would write lists of best singers of all time yeah and You'd be lucky, like there'll be one or two heavy metal singers that would pop on there. Usually, like um I don't know Led Zeppelin, you know, like
0: oh Robert Plant. And, yeah, uh, you'd, Robert Plant
1: would be Roger on the Daltry. list.
0: Roger
1: Uh, Roger Daltrey,
0: hundred percent on the list. Say, so that's um, not that's not heavy metal, but like. Um, but they're usually the ones who it all usually end up be like greatest rock vocalists.
1: Yeah, but like no, but even I if you just um, like, great greatest vocalists of all time, I think damon Draven will
0: probably end up on there now because the sound of silence cover went so huge nah he wouldn't he like
1: if you went onto like like timeouts list like the proper professional apparently list like they would have your your nina simones or your your like oh uh, yeah all of that sort of stuff mostly um and a lot of soul uh singers um and then, yeah, you'd, you'd be lucky enough to get your Robert Dolchies on there. Bruce Dickinson, if he's ending up on any of those lists, he's like, if it was top 50, he's like in the 40s, which is bollocks because he should at least be in the top 20s um, because yeah. what he does is actually fucking insane. Um, but Ooh, And it's, it's the same as that. It's heavy metal bias. So Nico may drop off some lists or not, may not be appreciated
0: by all drummers if they're not into heavy metal. Well, um, the thing which made me think of it is... Um can't remember how long ago it was but it's really like a top drummer's list on ultimate guitar mm. and bear in mind ultimate guitar are more based on your know, rock and metal and things like yeah. that as well because it's a tab site but you will see like Laura's old- oh you're muted i can't hear you
1: <laughs>
0: sorry i d- it's a really fucking like it does barely need to press and it mutes you. a drop of a hat. <laughs>
1: um
0: but yeah, I was so like I know on a guitar you'd have like lists of top drummers and you'd have like Lars in the top three and then like Nico'll either not be on the list or will be at the very bottom. and you're like Yeah, that's bollocks. I would like Yeah, that's where I'm sort of saying I'd, like wondering if he, with, where if it he stands
1: with seems- Nico I'd rate him above Lars, definitely. But then I'm not i I'm not certain if Nico would reach top ten uh, personally.
0: I don't know if you'd have he to... He is point. absolutely phenomenal, but... Well, I was just thinking, you you might have to give points on consistency, though. You think about how old he is now. And no, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah 100 he's lost his step. No, yeah, no, no, 100%. But if
1: you're just talking about skill, like, yeah. he... I love Nico, and Nico's a fucking phenomenal drummer. I thought you were about to say, and Nico loves me. <laughs> yeah, and he's definitely, in my opinion, above Lars. Even Lars in his peak, to be honest, because what Lars did was insanely difficult but what Nico does is also insanely difficult and also a bit cleaner and can do it live um but then also I would say <laughs> that I would say that ne- neither of them come close to John Bonham or Keith Moon sort of thing personally
0: yeah that's it I've got no issues with like a Neil Peart or John Bonham or you know yeah Keith Moon like being on being revered as God's what they were i just think um i think people don't know and at least in the mainstream sense anyway yeah the then also news.
1: also you do get like i think there is a thing about bands that everyone is amazing that someone's going to be overshadowed like yeah because the thing is it when i made and when you're talking about i made and you're talking about one of the best vocalists some of the best guitarists one of the best bassists. Oh
0: christ that thing like I- Steve Harris is the only one who I think gets his G, really. Yeah. Like, if you look at any list of great bassists, you're always going to have, you know, like Flea, Steve Harris, John Entwistle. So, like, um, occasionally, Jaco Pastorius will actually get a mention. Um, so Steve Harris is always one who will get referenced. I think it's criminal that Adrian Smith and Dave Murray get uh, sort of short shrift on it, really, because them two as guitarists are phenomenal and but but again they're not really that flash i think that's where the issue is at times um but i suppose same could be said with yannick as well although he is a bit more flash but the shit he's played in his time in maiden but that's for several episodes down the line (laughs) completely completely Um, but
1: yeah i mean but yeah power slave is where nico really comes into play and if you try learning these songs on drums um, if, you'll either find them really difficult, or you're a way better drummer than me, and you'll still have a fucking fun time.
0: Well, two minutes to midnight. Of course, that well, that came up because that was the uh, the point when the atomic clock was turned mm-hmm. to two minutes to midnight. It's the closest they come to nuclear war. Yeah. Uh, which hasn't happened yet. I think we've since gone higher than two minutes now, haven't we? Um, but that was the That was the first song that hooked me on to Madam. Yeah, I think it's one of their biggest songs.
1: And a lot of people, would be one of their first songs hearing them.
0: Well, I think, yeah, Number of the Beast is, and Run to the Hills are probably the top two, that, or The Trooper. So that would be your top three. Two Minutes to Midnight closely follows them. Yeah. Um, but I remember first hearing that and being like... Because I, when I first heard... The first song I would have heard would have been Number of the Beast. and I thought it was so corny, saying Run to the Hills. Yeah. And... This is before I had any appreciation. I was I was you know, into Linkin Park and uh, Stained and Evanescence, you know, and yeah. oddly Corn, <laughs> just to add to that mix, Why and not? a bit and a bit Slipknot as well. Um, but this when I'm like six, seven, that kind of age. And When I say that kind of age, I mean a numerical age, as opposed yeah. to just a Bronze Age <laughs> or Silver Age. <laughs> <laughs> when you're and, in the bronze age of life yeah I was, I was in that bronze age um, <laughs> but I heard Two Minutes to Midnight and everything about that song like instantly hooked me it's like this is a band I'm going to love forever yeah. and it's odd now because I look back at it and it's not even the strongest song on the album <laughs> I was <laughs> but about even, to
1: ask if it's your favourite on the album
0: it's not my favourite I reckon you'll probably guess in a minute i reckon you'll get it um but this this album also has uh what was officially up until 2018 the longest iron maiden song of all time rhyme of the ancient mariner at 13 minutes and 45 seconds and of mm-hmm. course it's uh a retelling of samuel coleridge's uh poem the Rime of the ancient mariner
1: yeah i'm not gonna lie so by this point in the album i was like enjoying the whole album all the way through and i was like right last song and then i saw it was 13 minutes and i was like oh man (laughs) (laughs) because i was sort of like uh man i've just like this album's been great but like i said lacks variety so it's kind of hitting me over the head now um and then i saw 13 minutes i was like uh and then i was super pleasantly surprised because it's fucking amazing
0: well and it's the fact that what we were lacking in variety before this song has a lot of variety within it it's, it's similar it reminds me similar
1: of um 22 like i keep forgetting the rest of the 22 name uh, acacia 22 acacia avenue, avenue. It, yeah it in it's similar to 22 acacia avenue in how much variety you can pack into a song at once yeah. um but it does it way longer and to a better effect i think and it's got an amazing story like the lyrics are great well yeah
0: it's literally just a reworking of a well-known poem yeah like a well-known epic poem that is not just like Mm a you know a four four sons of poem yeah um but yeah they do lift directly from that like the line water water everywhere but not not a drop to drink water water everywhere not a drop to drink or spare uh you know that's all direct from the poem um but then so the the story of it is a what is it he murders an albatross at sea and curses them and so everyone dies and it's all haunty. But that middle section goes. And then you go into. And then when you get to the other side of the darkness, the light at the end of the tunnel is the. Oh, I love playing that song on bass. Right,
1: so that's your favourite
0: song on the album then?
1: Nope. Oh shit! Fair.
0: There's another. Oh, there's another song that I like playing. Yours is gonna be. I'm touring now. I don't. I don't think you'll get mine. The Duelists. No. Ace is high. No.
1: Lost for words. Last guess. Bigger... Wait, no. Last, last guess.
0: Well, the problem is you said Flash of the Blade almost was so yeah. i'm gonna say rhyme with ancient mariner yes <laughs> yeah you got there
1: yeah I knew I'd get oh, there the nice. that's the thing like i was enjoying the album all the way through and then like i said it got to a 13 minute song and i was like fuck's sake and then i was like my god this song is actually fucking crazy good but... <laughs>
0: the funny thing <laughs> with that is right um i had a similar reaction like the first few times i heard this song like i mm. could appreciate the musicianship a little bit but I also felt it was far too long. I hadn't grown accustomed to it, and I wasn't as accepting of these kinds of things. And I remember yeah. being... Back when we used to have a bus service that went from Liam to Southway, the bus would always randomly stop at uh, a at for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And I was going over to yours once, and it stopped there. And as it stopped, *Rhyme the Ancient Mariner started and because I'm waiting for the bus to move and that song's playing, by the time that song ended, the bus finally started moving, but it felt like an eternity because I actually had like a a visual metric and an audible metric of how long it was taking. (laughs) But no, I've I've grown to love that song a lot though. Well, in a very similar vein, so when I was listening
1: to this album in prep for the podcast, I got to a 30 minute song and I was like, yeah, do you know what? Fuck that. I can listen to that another time. So I listened to the whole album and then I didn't listen to Rhyme in the Ancient Manor. And then on my way to work one day, I was like, right, time to listen to in the Ancient H- H- America, And maybe it's because I had a break yeah. from the rest of the album. So I listened to it on the bus and I was just vibing like really hard. I was like fully invested in the song.
0: <laughs> it's such an amazing song. It's, it is. It takes balls, I think, to a lot of people will write songs about literary references. They will have books that they want to interpret into a song format, that kind of thing but to pretty much take this epic poem still use its contents within the lyrics and tell you new, new take on the story not just lyrically but musically yeah uh, it's yeah that it's, song's well, got like that song's got
1: like a whole albums
0: worth of material within the one song exactly and um Remember what I was saying about Children of the Damned? How the tapping solo is uh, similar to One's mm. that middle that middle slow bass riff when it goes into the darker section. Yeah. Um. That the notes being played and the style being played is extremely close to my friend of Misery as well. Right. All oh, right. Fair. <laughs> it, yeah. Whereas um, my friend of Misery is you know. This one is. Do, 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 do. But it's pretty much the same notes, just played the other way around. There. <laughs> I always find that interesting. And again, it's not saying like, oh, we stole it from that. It's just, it sounds yeah, similar. It's I just, it's it's so just cool.
1: interesting how, how great songs pull from similar or, or Oh, I don't sim- think great
0: people get similar ideas. Yeah, similar ideas. Yeah, I don't think it, they pulled it from there or anything like Got that. It, yeah. I, so I think Jason had been playing My Friend in Misery for years anyway back during his Flotsam and Jetsam days. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a weird little thing. But yeah, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is great. Um, do you want to guess my favourite?
1: Yeah, all right. So if it's not Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, yep. Maybe it is Back in the Village because you did. You 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 sang its praises earlier. Nope.
0: Ace is high. Nope. That was your last guess. Fuck. So it's, so what I do, Connor, and this is going to give my game away a little bit. Mm. I will hold off on talking about it because I don't want to give away what's my favourite because <laughs> I want to win. Yeah. Um, It's the song that I'm about to talk about now, which is the only <laughs> song we haven't really touched on, Power Slave. Yeah, there. It is a great song. Fuck it. Well, we did touch upon it. We talk about it, yeah. Yeah, we about it, yeah. Yeah, I just didn't want to espouse too heavily. Um, <laughs> a, that bass riff, like I already said, the triplet <laughs> parts
1: <laughs> of it. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds Egyptian. <laughs> so, that, that as well. <laughs> sounds like it's a hammer-on. It's not. Oh, it's just yeah. slides. No, nope, he actually plays that. <laughs> oh. oh, well. And I can actually play that, so... Oh. I'm good at this. Um, no, I just love that song, the whole vibe of the song, that creepy... Ooh, it's start. Yeah, and like I said, Bruce's
1: voice and the character he puts on... Oh, God. ...doesn't sing high, and it's like... The, the bit that I find iconic about that song is the verse, and rarely do you find songs... Where the most iconic parts of them are the verses, and they're so good.
0: Well, here's some uh, here's some little factoids for you. So, Power Slave is notable to be the first the first Iron Maiden album to feature the same personnel as their previous studio release, because right. every album beforehand there's always been a change of lineup slightly. Um, it's also and probably for obvious reasons in hindsight their last album to date to feature an instrumental piece
1: yeah because they were like fuck we, we don't want to make that mistake again
0: and <laughs> also it's the only album on which dave murray doesn't have a writing credit oh, or really? a song credit yeah and um, chilled out yeah pretty much so <laughs> steve harris wrote aces high adrian smith bruce Dickinson did two minutes to midnight I hate to say this, but Steve Harris is, uh, did lost for words as well. What a dick! Uh, <laughs> flash, flash of the blade, being that you know it's about duel or fencing, is Bruce. Mm. Oddly, the duelists, Steve Harris. Hey, back in the village was uh, Adrian Smith and Bruce. Power Slave was Bruce, and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner was uh, was Harris. Nice 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 and try to see if i have any other extra facts uh oh so bassist steve harris recalled how under time pressure the song rhyme of the ancient mariner was written in a relatively short space of time wow
1: <laughs> yeah yeah people can do that man how can you just churn out masterpieces or phenomenal pieces of work so quickly maybe it's the pressure like I used to do better in exams when I was put under pressure so
0: <laughs> I mean my exams were hit and miss um it depends if it's a mock exam in CE I'd have the greatest time ever because I'd write something that was so offensive that I'd get pulled out of tutorial the next morning and ask if I was mentally disturbed by religion <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh sounds right <laughs> well they I think one of the questions on it is um why do Christians follow the Bible when I spun a whole yarn about how they were trying different books first, uh, they went with the jungle books that are talking animals, they went with uh, Lord of the Rings because they' talking animals and had death,
1: yeah,
0: and yeah, <laughs> and then they finally settled on the Bible, and Miss Kane had to take me out a tutorial morning or two I rem- later. I remember this <laughs> I do remember this It is phenomenal. And uh <laughs> yeah, then uh, the day before the actual exam of CE, Miss Second took me out, uh, grabbed yeah, me yeah, yeah. from class and went, You're predicted to get a B or an A, but you're not going to get that cause you've done no work. And I went, Really? Got a B, bumped into her in sixth form. She went, Oh, well, you know, I saw you got a B on the exam. Just think what you could have done if you'd, like, worked hard. And I went, No, I would have needed a better fucking teacher and walked off. <laughs> i was a little shit at school people <laughs> um there was something
1: else i was gonna say hey wait so, speaking of grading i'm gonna grade this album <laughs> i hate segways i, I fucking
0: hate segues. I, I literally still had something else to say about the album no, i right? know but
1: you said you said grading and i wanted to do a segway and then i wanted to talk about how i hate segways and now
0: we'll go back to your story segways i imagine are good to ride though I'm, I'm not to laugh for that. Do you want me to laugh at that? I ain't laughing at that. Okay. So, <laughs> the, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention was the tour after the album came out it was called The World Slavery Tour. Guess oh, who? Su- guess who supported them in Scandinavia? Who? Motley Crue. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> I shit you not. I hate So, Crue. <laughs> they, on this one, you thought 150 dates were bad. 189 oh man uh they went from the 9th of august till the 5th of july 1985 so almost a full year of touring. and also they released a live album live well it would have been a vhs back then uh called live i think it was live after death yeah live after death yeah i've heard Uh, of live after death yeah um it was recorded at the Long Beach Arena and I'm pretty sure let me just check some factoids yeah Long Beach Arena I'm pretty sure that is also where event yeah Live at the LBC by Event Sevenfold was the same place yeah nice yeah Um, (laughs) but no the album cover for Live After Death is brilliant because it's um like, Eddie bursting out a grave and still the Egyptian team around him Yeah, awesome.
1: I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool.
0: But I'm going to segue, because we're talking about grading. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I reckon you're going to give this an A star, surely? Nope. No? Just, an a, just an A. Just an A? I'm also going to give it just an A. I think... The, the, the thing is, I have problems with it not having enough variety, and I do have problems with the not-so-instrumental. Um, however, the rest of the songs make up for a lot of the shortcomings. I'm not going call it, to call it a perfect album. I don't think it's as good as Number of the Beast for that reason, me personally. Um, but it's so close to being as good. If you got rid of Lost for Words and added a good... <laughs> um Instrumental that built, then 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 you'd get a better grade if you had studied more or, in school,
0: <laughs> or you get rid of lost for words, and you know it's easier said than done when you're trying to write songs, isn't it? But you <laughs> get rid, yeah. you get rid of lost for words and you replace it with um more of like the hello Be Thy Name" type of song, yeah, just exactly something that just uh, you know has a new coat of paint on it just, add yeah, a bit just of...
1: something that that adds, adds to changes the tempo up a little bit it's a fucking amazing album and if you do just want to have a like a good album where you're just rocking out for an hour then this is perfect for you
0: so with that one done that is the uh, the end of uh, the second part of the anthology
2: it and
0: indeed. i will say the next one won't be as long an episode because we are only doing the two albums um so, to give you a teaser, the next two albums are Somewhere in Time and at Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Which um, I'm excited about. So, I will warn you, Somewhere in Time, not one of my favourites by long shot. Okay, okay. So, but, but I haven't re-listened to it in a few years, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but it, but uh, the, the main single from that one is uh, Wasted Years oh i know that i know that song that's a good song dun, 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 dun. um and seventh son of the seventh son as well uh everyone will know can i play with madness the evil yeah. that men do like that's got a lot of great songs so it's gonna be a lot to... i know
2: I it myself.
0: <laughs> so there's gonna be a lot to talk about with those two albums uh now be it and also coming up as well we're gonna be doing an episode
1: on the Arctic
0: Monkeys, the first album. Muted you, you as well. I didn't realise that. Um, but we're also going to be doing an episode about the very first album of the Arctic Monkeys. So as people who have listened will know, me and Car did a little thing where kinda got me to listen to three songs off of each of their albums. I was kind of reticent to like them. Yeah. And I've fallen in love with them, especially the first album. So we're going to be talking about that and with that i don't think we've got anything else to say other than if you're in serbia we love you <laughs> and we want to have babies with you
1: yes jake speaks for both of us and he is so
0: right <laughs> 100 well if you're in serbia we will say oh very nice i wonder probably... if you said that correctly <laughs> I don't think I do because hello in Serbian, obviously they use um it's called Cyrillic, isn't it? The kind yeah. of alphabet they use. And it's spelled Z D R A V O. So fuck knows. But whatever that mean or wh- however you say that, we say that to you. And if you wanna connect my if you wanna correct my pronunciation, you can either message us on Twitter at songs underscore us or email us on the songs that made us pod at outlook.com Follow us on Facebook, give us a listen on YouTube, like us, subscribe us tell us Tell us that you like us, tell us that you hate us, if you hate us, tell us why you hate us, Tell us what went well, what went wrong, what could be better. Get in contact. We want to talk to you people and yeah, we want listeners and we we want more friends. <laughs> we want more people so we can get really good guests on the podcast and we'll be legitimate. Yes, it' will be cool one day if we could get
1: i don't know it's not flea. Gonna happen with the flea. <laughs> You never know. You never know.
0: Russell Brand. Oh, yeah. and also big thank you to Mark Chadwick of the Levelers for liking and following our Twitter page. Woo woo. Big ups to you. <laughs> Cheers, Marky Boy. And with that, <laughs> we shall bid you adieu. You got anything to say, Tom? Uh, uh no. <laughs> so the next episode will be the Arctic monkeys. Um There will be another episode after that and then it will be part three of the anthology but we've just got to try and work out what that other one will be. So keep listening, keep subscribing and we love you all. Cheers, buddies. Cheerio, my dudes!
2: (laughs) (laughs) What?